millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. This episode of the Cult Popcha podcast was brought to you by... One dollar genre. Hi everyone, it's AJ just here at the top of the show to remind you all of a project I've been doing for the last half a year called One Dollar Genre, where every month I make a short film based on a genre that is suggested and voted on by patrons of One Dollar Genre over at patreon.com slash one dollar genre. And I just thought I'd put a little reminder at the top of this episode that you can be involved in this as well. In fact, uh, by the time this episode goes live, uh, there is a genre poll over on one dollar genres patreon right now um we've made five short films so far i'm in the middle of making the sixth one the genres have been heist cosmic horror uh, fast food training video uh, dark fantasy found footage and this month i'm making a tween sitcom so the possibilities truly are endless and if you want to support me and my journey with this then you can do so for as little as a dollar over at one dollar genre genre patreon patreon.com slash one dollar genre where you can also sign up to a five dollar tier uh where you can get uh, extra podcast and director's commentary and that sort of thing um but yeah i just wanted to encourage people if they want to support and if they like the project then it is a massive help to head on over to patreon.com slash one dollar genre donate a dollar a month and you too can make me make whatever you want me to make let's get to the episode Are you talking to me or are you talking about yourself? (laughs) Hey, welcome everybody. Um, In true Harry Potter fashion, Richard on the Skype call, uh, on the Zoom call can testify (laughs) that he just saw a giant spider slowly drift past my face and pop filter and down below my computer desk. (laughs) (laughs) It was was very, um, very Chamber of Secrets of you. Mm, thank you well it wasn't you know thank the spider wherever she may be because it wasn't me (laughs) or he or he (laughs) um this is or them Mm. Mm. well i mean just them would have been just fine either way yeah that's true either way because there's only two ways it can be (laughs) (laughs) No, we're kidding we're kidding terrible episode to make that joke yeah yeah on. during pride month well, this yeah this is during pride month did, did you think about the fact that like we didn't when we initially saw we were doing harry potter on the patreon um because the patrons voted for it um then later on we decided to split it up into a two-part episode something we've almost never done yeah. unless you count back to the future and then also do fantastic beasts as a second episode did you consider that this means we are literally spending pride month doing harry potter maybe mm. the least queer friendly f- creator of a franchise mm. well actually that's probably not true yeah that's but, probably not true but, yeah. but like you know the most publicized um controversy yeah. of of our generation and we're spending it doing 
with doing this series over Pride Month. Something I would love to reiterate. One, we didn't choose to do it. You guys paid and voted for it. And two, um, it bears repeating. Trans women are women. Trans men are men. Fuck JK Rowling. Uh, we talked all about this on part one. Yeah, yeah. If you want our thoughts on J.K. Rowling and a rundown of why we feel that way, (laughs) have a a wee listen back to the first episode. You should just go back and listen to the first episode anyway. I mean, unless Mm. you're a big fan of Harry Potter years five to seven, movies five (laughs) to eight, and you're just jumping on here, you're probably... If you want to hear us actually talk positively, I, I imagine we're going to be talking less positively about the franchise this week than we did last week. We're, mm. you know, we were, we were, I think I, people, people said it was good that, you know, we still allowed ourselves to have fun with these movies in spite of uh, everything that we said at the start and we're saying at the start of this episode too. But yeah, uh, while we're here, before we get into the films, I do have a couple of corrections I want to make from last week. Ah. One, I referred to Kingsley Shacklebolt as a student of Hogwarts. I, I simply remembered there was a character named Kingsley Shacklebolt, assumed he was a student. Uh, mm. yeah, half remembering something I read on the internet, I didn't even remember the character from the films. He's not uh, from he's not the the one black student. The the, the one black student at uh, Hogwarts is named Dean Thomas, and he's the one black member of the Order of the Phoenix. Though, yeah, so it's yeah, still yeah, yeah, yeah. it's still emphasizing the like. But I just said yeah, I said student. Racism. I just. Yeah, I just vaguely remembered the one name. And also, uh, I logged back into my wizardingworld.com, formerly known as pottermore.com, but we'll get to that later, uh, account and discovered my Patronus is a mole, in fact. And okay. I actually, when I, whenever I logged in there, my, I was sorted into Ravenclaw. Wow. So, and also my, if, you, if you're interested for the, the trio of defining traits about me my wand is sycamore wood with a dragon heartstring core it's 12 inches and unyielding flexibility okay <laughs> so i just want to so make that clear want. my sincerest mm. apologies last week where i referred to myself as a slytherin and i can't remember what i said my my patron i've was. always described you as having unyielding flexibility mm. i don't I dislocated my knee because of how unflexible oh, yeah. I am. <laughs> <laughs> That's also an update from from the last episode. Yeah. Any big any big updates from you? Um, I didn't get COVID. Well, you've... My flatmate got COVID and I didn't none of us got it. Mm. I'm invincible. I'm wow. invincible. <laughs> incredible stuff that that's what i've that's what i've gleaned from from this past week um of watching harry potter movies alone in my room because i didn't want to get covid and succeeding in your uh, cupboard above the stairs <laughs> so yeah what we 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 last left our heroes mm. and uh, and by that i mean us talking about <laughs> harry potter and the goblet of yeah, fire about, in which I about am, having I no unleashed. risk of covid and having both our knees <laughs> intact and yeah, now yeah, yeah. Um, I and we 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 I you know let loose on the 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 goblet of fire. Talked about how silly I thought it was. Hilariously so. Thank you so much. So much uh, so that we actually had a podvid made of it. Mm, check out our TikTok, Cult Popsha TikTok. You can find some clips from the podcast. Uh, and yeah, look. Uh, 
there was a time there was another if i could make a correction actually richard Mm -hmm. i said that harry potter is the longest franchise in which they kind of sort of just get better as they go along Mm -hmm. and i no longer think that Uh, (gasps) but i would say it's you're just being pedantic obtuse to call to to call any of these like terrible movies i think yeah i think the ranking segment's going to be very interesting it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting and also i mean mean, not that the ranking system segment is ever really that interesting (laughs) but like i think when it comes to and and we're talking about ranking the franchises but ranking the films Mm. as a whole as well i actually find quite difficult to do because like Mm. i think the direction of philosopher's stone and chamber of secrets is much better than the direction of half-blood prince for example but i'm i'm probably gonna put half-blood prince above it because the story's better and the acting's better and so like you the the combination of acting writing and direction i think is is probably at its peak in prisoner of azkaban and then going forward you take one of those things out of the equation Mm. and end up with something less than perfect each time I mean, the last four times it's the same thing. <laughs> yeah. Less than perfect. But. Yeah. So the films we're talking about today are Harry Potter and The Order of the Phoenix, which came out in 2007. And then not one, but two years later, we had uh, Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince in 2009. And then Harry Potter and Deathly Hallows Part 1 and 2 in 2010 and 2011, respectively. All four films were directed by David Yates, which makes this kind of like an it actually sort of justifies this the splitting point in, in a way as mm. well like that they're very notably different i think it, it, the series feels like it's comfortably split into two not just in the direction of david yates mm. that like you know the, the the final four feel like one sort of thing but i i find watching them this week that the first four are movies and then these are a tv show like right each each of the first four movies is very cinematic they're all about something they revolve around something and the last four are just like i I mean i would struggle even to refer to which ones which you know especially five and six really but the you they become just this one overarching story there would be great seasons of a tv show but i think as movies they just blend into one so much you're so right and i think that uh that as well as that like part of the problem is that um half-blood prince which i'm sure we'll get to in more detail but half-blood prince (laughs) is about a um the thing that half-blood prince is about in the same way that goblet of fire is about the triwizard tournament the thing that half-blood prince is about is a a piece of story that could be probably left out of the film adaptation if it weren't named for it Mm. and so I reckon that was that was our old friend J.K. Rowling doing a little trick, mm. where she was like, "The movies have already been made. What if I name the sixth book after something that they'd probably cut out mm. of the film adaptation?" Yeah. <laughs> but no, I totally agree. It feels more. I mean, other than it being tonally, the last four being tonally consistent, they feel less like episodes of the week, which is what the first four like. They're all their yeah, own yeah. thing, and they, and they turn into a serialized storyline yeah yeah so david yates took over directed the franchise he had made one film before harry potter the order of the phoenix and that was called the titchborn claimant claimant which came out in okay. 1998 it's the only film he ever what directed. the hell is, how did he get this job so he was a, he was a tv director um had done a bunch of miniseries and stuff and 
Well, that explains everything we yeah. just said about he, he believes uh, he was approached due to uh, the studio seeing him fit to handle an edgy and emotional film with a political backstory because of his previous television products, projects, including State of Play, Sex Traffic, and The Girl in the Cafe. Um, Jean-Pierre Junot, uh, Guillermo del Toro, Matthew Vaughan, and Mira were all uh, turned down offers or, you know, Alfonso Cuaron also said he would love to come back to the franchise and uh, didn't happen but wait sorry so were these other directors offered order of the phoenix and turned it down or they all said they wanted to uh it's like it varies depending on where you read it but del toro was in talks for like almost every single one of these films which is classic del toro (laughs) (laughs) yeah wow i think i think overall as well the the yates films um the 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 I wouldn't have such this like bone to pick with David Yates if it wasn't for the fact that he took over the series because mm. I think what is fun about the first four is they each feel like there's a different storyteller mm. at the helm. I mean, and this is a problem that we've come to see even more exacerbated with Star Wars and Marvel is like the, you know, interesting directorial voices being left out of the equation. Yeah. And not only is David Yates I think most people would probably comfortably think of him as the the worst director of any of them. Mm. But he's also like here here we find out he's like the least experienced and like the least stylistic. Yeah, well I, I think it's like yeah, the thing is that it makes sense that he's come from even doing like miniseries and stuff, but because TV is is not really a director's medium. And I always joke that David Yates's style is not having a style. And yeah. that's what TV directors are hired to do. They're hired yeah, to not yeah. have a style, and they're hired yeah. to get to competently deliver the producer or showrunner or whoever's vision. And yeah, that that makes total sense. And and David Yates, I'm sure you know the fact that he's done seven Harry Potter movies or Wizarding World movies at this point is like, yeah, he, he I'm sure he just you know delivers on, on mm. time on budget and the is happy to work with studios and it's a shame like i mean we you talked about the the sort of different voices thing but we had that with mission impossible as well that like the first five of those Mm. each had a different director and but in in that case when they brought in christopher McQuarrie and then he also did the sixth one and now he's doing seven and eight as well that was very much like well okay like it's it was cool having different voices behind each of them but fucking chris mcquarrie just makes the coolest fucking movies that it's like okay i'll allow it yeah and yeah i don't know i feel like david yates if he had retired after one or two like maybe we would have a lot more memorable looking movies or Mm. or something like that because the the driving style the driving aesthetic of the last four very dark yeah. and i don't mean thematically i mean visually it's, <laughs> like, it's dull visually the, the, the sixth yeah. one was nominated for best cinematography at the academy awards that's the worst looking one <laughs> that's insane to me wow okay so yeah harry potter and the order of phoenix came out in 2007 this was released 10 days before the book the deathly hallows mm. Mm. wow yeah so would have been some fun tie-in merch there probably mm trying to think of how you would do that book (laughs) you get a book with your ticket (laughs) what's it about order of the phoenix okay so uh voldemort's back and he's um, back 
He's Harry. Another another slight upon Goblet of Fire. If I could just say this just quickly, imagine if the Triwizard Tournament happened in any book after the fourth one. <laughs> like it'd be the the ridiculousness would be highlighted. But anyway, he's he's back, and um, but Harry still has to go to school, and even worse, um, the the Wizarding World at large, or at least the Ministry of Magic, is denying that Voldemort is back, um, and they they're calling Harry potter a liar allegiances are split as people don't know who to trust um so harry is introduced to the order of the phoenix which is a secret society of all his adult friends um who are working against the ministry to try and ensure that the wizarding world is safe from voldemort uh and the main i'd say the main kick of this one is that we have a new defense against the dark arts teacher um in dolores umbridge who is actually from the ministry of magic and is sort of like a plant to try and um well she's a human being but she's yeah sorry but she's yeah you oh, have to be, you i have thought to be, she was a plant you have to be specific with this franchise because it could be a plant it could be a it could be, you're it right, could be you're a right. biolante situation <laughs> so they're referring to the godzilla villain who is a plant you could, have, you could have referred to the um what are the little screaming root babies from chamber of secrets called yeah what are they called um musgroves or something casey musgroves <laughs> yeah 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 that's right it was casey musgrove <laughs> So Dolores Umbridge is planted there by Cornelius Fudge, the Minister of Magic, and she's basically there to disseminate anti Voldemort's back propaganda. <laughs> it's it's basically it's very um uh the red scare, it's very McCarthyism. It's like so you know, like we haven't talked about McCarthyism since um lighting the tramp. <laughs> Oh, haven't we? So basically, McCarthyism, for for those who don't know, was after what World War Two. Um, if you didn't like someone, you could tell everyone they were a communist and get them the nineteen forties version of cancelled. Um, <laughs> and this is this is basically what that is. So you can't you can't talk about Voldemort. You can't say he's back because that is a lie. She's a deliciously frustrating character, mm. uh, played by an actress who I can never remember. Melda Staunton. Of. Imelda Staunton. Um, and uh we're also we've also got uh Helena Bonham Carter as mm-hmm. um as Bellatrix, uh, Bellatrix Lestrange. Lestrange, who is Sirius Black's cousin. Um and it, the, what is the the plot revolves around Harry trying to find the prophecy. Mm-hmm. Um and he finds the prophecy by going into the secret room in the Ministry of Magic, where they get attacked by all the Death Eaters, and who should die? Sirius Black. A guy who I remember being in the series a lot more mm. than he ultimately is. I remember the 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 book for this must have come out like I remember yeah, two thousand three this this book came out and then so that was well, around the same time that um the Prisoner of Azkaban movie came out and I remember my mm-hmm. sister crying because Sirius died and I was like who cares? He's the he's the prisoner of Azkaban. He's a bad guy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, like, you, you, there's no time for tears in the movie, though, Richard, because about five minutes after he dies, they're all talking about the positives of the year and packing up to get on the train to go back <laughs> home to London. But it's, it's, this, this movie 
uh, suffers greatly from being the longest book crammed into what didn't need to be the, sh- the one of the shorter yeah the, movies the, the in second the shortest movie according to imdb trivia uh, if you don't count harry potter and the deathly hallows part two this is the shortest movie in the franchise why wouldn't you count exactly <laughs> <laughs> so yeah and it's like the the book is so long and i i really i, I mean yeah, when the book came out it was the long biggest fucking book i've ever seen <laughs> if you if you listen to last week's episode i'm pretty sure i would have said on there that that i th- i regard order of the phoenix to be like the 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 peak of the lore story like chamber of secrets is my favorite standalone story or story this is my favorite lore story or lorry <laughs> um at least in book form in movie form it's nonsense it yeah. flies at a breakneck pace there is so much stuff that has I broke my neck <laughs> there's so much stuff that's just left out of it that like i don't remember what it is i can just tell from the storytelling that stuff has been left out yeah you messaged me and you said to me I can't believe like this is such a weird choice for your favorite mm. because you were like I feel like it's about nothing. Yeah. And that is a really good uh, analysis of you. the film. <laughs> no. Of the film whereas the book I remember being better. Well, it's like th- this one in Half-Blood Prince yeah, are like The Order of the Phoenix and The Half-Blood Prince are like who cares about those like those actual uh, uh, I mean, Order of the Phoenix is a little more. It's relevant. a little more. It, like it sounds. It's a cool sounding name. Mm. Half Blood Prince, I, d- I don't like as a title, but no. the but Order of the Phoenix is like, oh yeah, okay. I mean, like I just feel like Prisoner of Azkaban, Goblet of Fire, all like, and Chamber of Secrets and Philosopher's Stone all fit so much better. And I mean, even mm. Deathly Hallows is like, <sighs> Deathly Hallows is, is is falls a little bit into the camp of like a cool sounding thing that's not like i mean it kind of is but you've also got the horcruxes we'll, but they're we'll get to it we'll get to it <laughs> oh my god do you want me to cut that out uh do you have, have a listen to how it sounds that sounded flimmy <laughs> was. was that a was that a, a um a, a forbidden curse or whatever they're called <laughs> <laughs> did you just yell the cruciatus <laughs> yeah i was speaking parcel mouth <laughs> um there is a confrontation with dumbledore and voldemort at the end uh everyone sees or at least the minister sees that voldemort's back and so he's like he's back and everyone believes them in the end and so we go mm. forward with less good guys still alive um and everyone knowing that the world is fucked and that's the end yeah of yeah of order the phoenix yeah so you mentioned the character of dolores umbridge what do you what do you think of the character it's one of those performances that like seeing imelda staunton and anything else now i hate her a little bit because she's so good in this (laughs) she's so good in this and umbridge is such a good character Mm. i really really like um dolores umbridge as a character i think that the the, the idea of it not like yeah. yeah, yeah, not her as a person. Yeah, I'm so that's what I'm saying is like it's no, this. This was right in the like the like golden age of villains you love to hate. I think, mm. and so like she really delivers in that area. I think. I think it's 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 this uh, maybe like my Christian upbringing and and then leaving that has like made me more sensitive to like 
old boomer ladies who are sure that they are right mm, when mm, absolutely when like you're so fucking wrong just fucking listen to me mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's like everyone's had an experience with a with an umbrage you know like yeah, and that's yeah. that's the thing it's I, I said while i was watching it as well that uh, olivia coleman i think would have done justice to this character when I mean, she does justice to everything because she's amazing but i think she would have done this character very well because essentially plays the same character in fleabag that kind mm. of thing where you could like get a parent and be like no, no i need you to see how awful this person is and they would have mm. a conversation with her and be like she's lovely what are you doing she was smiling the yeah, whole time yeah, she's polite yeah. and it's like no you don't <laughs> like yeah it, yeah it's this thing because we're we're on the same side as the kids we you, you know we see it but just truly truly a despicable woman stephen king called her uh the greatest make-believe villain to come along since hannibal lecter <laughs> she also allows for the best line in the movie which isn't said by her it's said by professor mcgonagall when um professor mcgonagall is comforting um trelawney Trelawney after after Umbridge has fired her and she says to McGonagall something you'd like to say dear and Professor McGonagall goes oh there are several things I would like to say <laughs> <laughs> I love McGonagall man uh, yes yes thank you it's interesting she, I was thinking reflecting on this McGonagall isn't part of the order of the phoenix mm. she's like a neutral player throughout the, yeah, yeah, like, there's, last... there's, there's, there's good people on both sides <laughs> <laughs> well like she's just a teacher that's all she is and it's because mm. so many of the teachers are well, she's also part of the order that's true she is she is that boy does that stay relevant throughout the series <laughs> that she could turn into a cat that could have come in handy <laughs> at <some> point, <laughs> <probably>. <laughs> i don't know she could do some spying Mm. she could do some spying they ne- they have bad guys on campus for the past yeah. for the last few years yeah yeah <laughs> yeah yeah weird shit going down at hogwarts I, I, this is funny that's like this is our second franchise <laughs> this year that should be the tagline <laughs> like the tagline for chamber of secrets is like something evil has returned to hogwarts the tagline for <laughs> order of the phoenix there's some weird shit going on down <laughs> at hogwarts this year <laughs> that like this is our, i was thinking this is our second franchise this year where it's like just send all just send everyone home <laughs> after yeah. sleepaway camp oh <laughs> <laughs> yeah 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 one student like, dies I... send them all home what are you doing <laughs> <laughs> yeah cedric diggory dies uh with the with hogwarts has lost its like license to operate as a place yeah, of education yeah, yeah. yeah i guess like the, the the thing you i think you have to accept is just that like wizards just live more dangerous lives mm. than muggles i guess because the amount of stuff that just has to be let let go it's like well i guess that's just how it works here yeah that's the the tagline for half-blood prince (laughs) (laughs) just how things go wizards just live more dangerous lives than you (laughs) speaking of taglines and in a similar sort of thing posters um the posters for these Mm -hmm. films are pretty funny there was a bit of controversy around them there's There was one because it was like being released in IMAX 3D. And so they'd released all this promotional artwork for the film. And then when the IMAX poster came out, it was one of the um, the 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 pieces of artwork that already released, like or the photography. And But the IMAX poster enhanced Emma Watson's breasts. No way. Uh, still, still underage in this film as well. Oh, 
fuck? <laughs> That's horrendous. Oh, yeah. Not not Holy like crap. not like substantially, but mm. enough that imagine, they had... imagine if it was substantially. <laughs> imagine that poster. <laughs> like, they could get away with that. Uh, yeah, but it's uh, yeah, it's like they've clearly done it. There's also the, the, the like actual poster for this film has like you know a sort of main trio and then i think neville's in the background as well and then there's just <laughs> this girl this redhead girl who doesn't look like anyone we've seen before it's not it's not jenny it is jenny but it does not uh, at all look like jenny weasley uh, I, I gotta look this up <laughs> order of the phoenix you say yeah like it's 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 almost like it's a different model for the film like for it <laughs> yeah okay <laughs> <laughs> oh, and, and to- her boobs that's crazy that they would do that yeah that's insane that's mm. wild wild stuff for 2005 or where or no what year was it <laughs> 2007 seven yeah. Mm. yeah wow that's horrible so yeah like you you had previously claimed to me the order of the phoenix was your favorite what like is it just because of the law stuff and you're conflating your experience with the novel with the film or like watching, watching the film? Do you still like, how do you No, still I would, I would argue I never conflated that actually. I would, right. I would say I, I've always, always been talking about the book when I've sung order of the Phoenix praise. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, pull up no, the tape. I think pull up the tape. It, it, oh, mate, <laughs> in order of the Phoenix is my favorite no, movie. No, they've got it on tape. <laughs> um, it's Polyjuice Potion. Isn't Polyjuice Potion a fucking liability in the wizarding world? Oh, it's Jesus insane. Christ. The amount of check everywhere you go. The ba- Gringotts, there mm. should be a Polyjuice Potion checker. Yeah, yeah. You're insane. It's so easy to come by. A 14-year-old made it. And the last one had they like, we have to check your, we have to, we have to like check your identity. And, and she's like, why not? It's like, well, because you could be. <laughs> Have you could have apologies, potion, which is what you, which is what you are doing. <laughs> You're a wizard. You could be fucking anyone. <laughs> um, no, I think that that um, yeah, the the book I remember, um, and it's been ten years since I've read it, but the book I remember feeling very mature. I really liked how much um, Harry kind of feels like more of a character in the fifth book than he has before. He's a lot angrier and you feel that anger. Mm. Like you're, you're mad. F- yeah, yeah, but it works. And and I I like that angst and I think it plays into it. I think it's, it's great how um, like there's this really great sort of message in it, I guess, about like what it feels like to have your life controlled by someone who's not even talking like someone trying to help you by by controlling your life for you but they're also not even talking to you or having a having any relationship with you because Dumbledore is like real absent for a lot yeah. of like he's not talking to Harry um and things he's like being that. a real dumble fuck yeah real dumble fuck about it um and so I always really liked that, and I th- I just I just think that the reveals are more interesting. The movie, as I said before, watching this movie, it's probably I think Half Blood Prince is worse. No, do I? What did I rank them? <laughs> are this, what do you think it has on Rotten Tomatoes? We haven't said that yet. Seventy nine. You're so close. It's 95 70 <laughs> uh, right yeah i think i think it is that, it's the that lesser lowest, d- for the record all oh, right it, it is that lesser direction like less less interesting directing and also just the crunched nature of like yeah, the, the strip the, out so much of it 
strip out so much and so much of it is told through montage and a montage in a harry potter movie means like flying head first through magical mm. newspapers that's um, right yeah I, d- I, I messaged you while watching it that this is our second franchise where one of the movies is like 50 percent montage after rocky <laughs> that it's like th- this movie is like entirely montage and yeah the closest thing david yates has to a style is just going in and out of newspapers <laughs> And it's a style born out of necessity. He's mm. pushed into it because he has to tell a 800-word novel in two hours. Yeah. I don't know why this one's only two hours either. I guess mm. make it as short as you can. But Yeah, make it I two think, minutes. I don't give a fuck. Make it two minutes. I think <laughs> the best scene in the film is the opening one with Harry and Dudley. Um, I think I think that's a great scene. Is that this one? Yeah, that's Order of the Phoenix. Hmm. Yes, it is because he uses the Patronus, Patronus charm and then goes on yeah. on trial. Um, I love I love how you haven't seen Dudley for a movie and you come back and he's like this very like grow, he's grown up a lot since we've last mm. seen him and um as in like size wise not emotionally he's not still like his penis no yeah yeah his penis that's why they call him big d <laughs> like, how's it going big d um and I don't know I just think I think that that's like a really cool merging of worlds that you don't see or read enough of in mm. the other parts of the series and i find that really interesting i i think i think it's always fun to see two characters that don't like each other thrust into a little adventure mm. together you know, yeah and, like this podcast yeah <laughs> yeah um and this is like got, got, got shades of that um so i yeah i really like that scene and i think it's such a promising start to a movie where the only it ends up really the only good thing about it is this horrendous teacher that's joined the cast yeah 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 arguably like the worst part of the film in some ways is the best part of the film mm. do you know i found out that uh tom riddle cursed the uh defense against the dark arts position i and that's I, why- I have heard that yeah i'd never heard that till this i was watching a ranking video of who's the best and worst um defense you know ranking the defense against Mm. the dark arts um teachers and yeah apparently that's why it's a new one every year because Mm. tom riddle applied for it and was denied in a very like hitler was rejected from art school kind of (laughs) situation like and so like yeah he cursed the position in it and no no teacher may hold it for more than a year yeah well we do get a new one next year in mm. Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince, and it's someone who's been vying for the role the entire bloody mm-hmm. franchise, Professor And what does he Severus do with Snape. it? And so, uh, you know, it, people have been waiting the entire franchise to see Snape as the Defense Against the Dark Arts teacher, and you know what? We don't. We don't see it. Mm. He's the Defense Against the Dark Arts teacher for the whole movie, and we don't see a single one of his classes. I wonder if that's in the book. I wonder if he teaches it in the book. Surely. Surely. Surely, Richard. Uh, so this was also directed by David Yates, as we said, um, came out 2009. Yeah, so true? this was, it was delayed eight months, um, which for which the, the Warner Brothers received like death threats for. It was supposed to come out in November 2008 and then was delayed to like it was finished, ready to go, but they delayed it to, 2000, oh, really? to the middle of 2009. And that was because because Can of the writer's strike oh, okay what would you have guessed i've heard before it was to do with twilight uh no so twilight just coincidentally took its uh, 2008 spot after it vacated it but the 
Yes, yeah, so, so because of the writer's strike of 2006-2007, that was sort of going to have a roll-on effect in 2008-2009 for, mm. for films coming out. So they moved it there to guarantee a big blockbuster for 2009. Right. You know, we now know that 2009 wasn't in any danger of not having a big blockbuster, <laughs> seeing as how his, the highest-grossing movie of all time came out then. But the... Yes, so... And I, yeah, I think as well that also it's something as well to do with the Dark Knight being in two thousand eight that they're like, oh, I guess we don't need two. So, mm. but yeah, so it was, it was delayed as just, just to have even, a big sort of July blockbuster. And in like a little over ten years, that mentality has totally changed to how many blockbusters can we cram? Or is this just Warner Bros. specific? This is Warner Bros. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. Um, and uh, also, so this was uh, had a budget of two hundred fifty million dollars. Uh, it's one of the mm-hmm. most expensive movies ever made, and is the most expensive Harry Potter movie. Which sounds like, oh, weird. Why is the sixth one most expensive? But then, as soon as you think about it, it's like, well, they got more expensive each film, and then the last two were one production. So even though the mm-hmm. cost of the production would have been bigger when you split that into two movies, it, the budget becomes smaller. So yeah, right, man. For the one of the most expensive, for the most expensive Harry Potter movie, and the one they got nominated mm. for best cinematography, yeah. this film literally looks like mud. Yeah. It is it is a brown film. <laughs> like we, were, me and my flatmate, were watching it on on the DVD that my other flatmate has. We had to pause it to try and change the screen like settings yeah, yeah. because we just couldn't see anything it was too brown it's not like it was too dark either it's more like it felt like nothing had definition this film literally looks like shit <laughs> <laughs> they, there's there's a behind the scenes thing where like the cinematographer and david yates like originally had a lot more digital color correction on it and then they got to a point where they were like actually you can't fucking see anything in this movie so they toned it down a little bit wow they didn't tone it down enough no. it's you like you hear so much about gray movies and even and especially in harry potter like oh they just get so gray and and a lot of the marvel movies they're just gray you don't get a lot of brown movies yeah <laughs> you, you don't get a lot Usually of dirt colored movies or like yeah <laughs> old photographs pirate maps yeah exactly that's what this looks like a pirate map mm-hmm um so what did this have on ron tomatoes what would you guess is it higher than phoenix it is so phoenix was 78 i'm gonna go like 80 83 hmm. so what's the lowest one on ron tomatoes well we'll see do you want me to just so tell you now yeah what is it uh so the fun fact so Deathly Hallows Part 1 is the lowest at 77, and Deathly really? Hallows Part 2 is the highest at 96. That's so interesting. I would not expect those two films to be in any sort of trouble, critically. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so this one is about... What is it about? So, once again, like these students are just inexplicably forced to return to the death trap that is hogwarts it's like sending lambs to the slaughter basically it's like sending fred to camp i want a pee pee it's just like that <laughs> and the the kind of crux of this is is dumbledore uses yeah. harry to the horcrux of this uses harry to convince uh one professor slughorn um played by jim broadbent um to return to his post as a teacher of hogwarts we haven't met him before he's a previously unseen character because dumbledore believes he has he holds secret information on how to defeat voldemort that he's yet to reveal and he's convinced to return because he 
he was one of those teachers that like really like like they they phrase it in the movie like like <laughs> collects students where you know he'll proudly be like this really famous student they were one of mine yeah and he has a christmas party invites him to and like harry potter would be the the jewel in his crown basically um and in a similar way to uh umbridge i do think broadbent is so much fun in this movie in a movie i'm not really that into Mm. he's like the best part again i think and he he has this really like interesting performance i remember watching this after reading the books when i was 20 and thinking that it's it's a totally different description of slughorn like i knew who jim broadbent was and this was not how i pictured slughorn at all um but so basically the, the through through you know getting friendly with um professor slughorn um harry discovers that uh the secret that he holds is that voldemort or tom riddle when he was a student was looking into something called a horcrux and a horcrux this could be useful actually i'm sure there are plenty of people out there who don't actually know what a horcrux is they just know the term and that it's May may as well be called the MacGuffin Crux, you know. A Horcrux is <laughs> the whore MacGuffin. <laughs> the whore's MacGuffin. <laughs> uh, a Horcrux, the whore's MacGuffin. And um, so, so the the a Horcrux. When you kill someone, you split your soul. This is the lore of Harry mm. Potter. You split your soul, and you can, depending on how many people you can you kill, I guess you can then take those pieces of your soul and like put them in an object and then that object becomes a horcrux and what this means is that after your body has died has died for whatever reason you you could live on because you you are technically still alive but the idea would be that you can't die because part of your soul still exists in the horcrux that's sorry that's what i meant yeah and so that's how Voldemort has gone and come back is because he was kept alive by Horcruxes. Mm. Um, and that would be the end of the story if uh, Snape doesn't kill Dumbledore. <gasps> what? At the, at, the, at the end, Snape kills Dumbledore. And one of the, the things I like least about Half-Blood Prince, and both the book and the movie, because mm. I remember in the books feeling like the the shark had been well and truly leaped over not too long into Half-Blood Prince, is that the first five books, the the, the treatment of, of Snape in the first five books and the first five movies is very much like, you think he's bad, but he's actually pretty good, a pretty cool guy. Like, yeah, yeah. like, especially Philosopher's Stone. He sits backwards in his chair and stuff. Yeah, he nearly falls off like a fucking idiot. No. And... <laughs> and in Philosopher's Stone especially, like, the twist is he's actually a good guy. Yeah. And throughout all the first five, that's kind of kept consistent, that this character who just doesn't like the main characters actually isn't a bad person. Like, he's actually, yeah. like, got, got good, is, is actually a good guy. This film, and spoiler, fucking spoilers for the rest of Harry Potter, he is a good guy, but this film wants you to believe he's a bad guy. Mm. And that he's actually a Death Eater. And that is treated with, like, no yeah, th- this nar- is... narrative reveal. It's just, yeah. oh, he is a... B- of course he is. He's Snape. And it's like, I liked Snape. And yeah. I didn't, you yeah, know, Yeah, I wanted like... to talk about this. Because there's... They could have had so much more. And it would be a better film for it if it really played with his allegiances. Because totally. we, we see him doing stuff both 
helping Dumbledore, both against Dumbledore, you know, does the most fucking against Dumbledore thing you can do, uh, mm. kills him. But the then, worst thing you can do to a Dumbledore. <laughs> yeah, it's he fatal. Kills it's him. fatal to a Dumbledore. But he, the, like, the opening scene of the film is like him getting his fucking tattoo and shit, hanging out with the Death Eaters, and it's like the movie would just be so much better if it didn't have that scene in it. Yeah, sure, yeah. Totally. Because the, the whole time it's like, well, we know he's a Death Eater. And then we do find out oh, there's more to it than that in the in Deathly Hallows Part 2. But it's just this, yeah, like you said, the, the fact that there's no sort of like narrative reveal, it's just, yeah, Snape just shows mm. up as one of the Death Eaters. And it's like, there's so and much he, to it that we haven't, yeah, it's such it's yeah. such a weird fucking movie. Yeah. It's, it's a poorly told film. And also the thing is, you just gave us this whole fucking plot description you didn't once mm. mention the half-blood prince mm, because snape is the half-blood because it doesn't fucking matter <laughs> doesn't fucking matter basically harry finds a potions book that that is previously owned and the previous owner calls himself the half-blood prince and it's full of like spell hacks. life hacks but it's it's like it's such a book one or two plot point that yeah, like totally. he's got something to help him at his schoolwork and it's like he's a shit about his fucking schoolwork yeah there's, yep. there's he's gone through so much and it's i mean i guess it's like he's gone through so much yeah he needs a uh, to get better at his schoolwork <laughs> and, and to have something to help him out but yeah the and the movie doesn't even say why he's the half-blood prince yeah to to the 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 book's credit and you know it goes into it more yeah. whatever but in this it's like the only reason it's even fucking included is because it's the title i bet you there were conversations about changing what this one was called mm. so that they could save a few minutes runtime by not including the half-blood prince stuff yeah. because when snape kills dumbledore harry chases after him and he's like i am the half-blood prince and it's like what, okay, you're, it's supposed you're to be this blood. like dun dun dun. Yeah, yeah. Moment, yeah, but, but it's yeah. Stupid. The, the only thing that really helped is that he's able to brew a perfect potion, which wins him the liquid luck, which becomes a, an important plot mm. point. But and mm. it is what helps him get to do the the get, get the secret information from yeah from sluggy but yeah <laughs> do you know one of my one of the worst written lines that jk rowling's ever done is in half-blood prince where it's like after dumbledore dies and it's written as um he's dead ejaculated slughorn like that's a line of that's a written line in half-blood prince yeah i mean it's and not I the remember, worst thing she's ever written <laughs> i remember reading it and being like I didn't even know ejaculated could mean not coming. Not coming. <laughs> like, like it's it's so strange. And like, I also remember feeling like like I read these in twenty thirteen, mm, right? Like and I prime remember reading ejaculation. No, no. I more mean I read this line and was like, this book's been out for like six years and no one's mentioned this. <laughs> yeah. Like this isn't a famous thing that everyone knows about Half-Blood Prince is that it has the word ejaculated <laughs> in it for yeah. no no necessary reason. Mm. This is also, this is where we really start to, the romances of the, of the films mm. really start to become a big thing. Mm. And my God, I don't believe harry and Ginny for a second <laughs> i it's such a fucking lame pairing it's so like i mean maybe in the books you really believe but i just the i'm sorry bonnie Wright. i'm sorry danny rickle if you guys don't have any chemistry it's 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 so just like dull and it's like i i, I wish you that the filmmakers had known this the whole time 
<laughs> you know and because it just feels like oh this actress that we probably weren't expecting to put in every film when we cast her in, in Philosopher's mm, Stone that yeah it's just yeah you've now also you've, you guys have been in love even though she gave Nebula Handy and Goblet of Fire <laughs> uh, and as well as that the um, I we haven't talked about it yet despite the fact that she is introduced in Order of the Phoenix I is Luna Lovegood not who you set Harry up with? yeah yeah they're great like is that is she's this quirky manic pixie dream girl <laughs> manic, manic, manic cornish pixie dream girl yeah <laughs> like she she's interesting she's got she's she you know she's suffered loss she doesn't wear she, shoes she doesn't wish she, she's she is she's probably quite, the most um most important ravenclaw yeah she's easily the most important ravenclaw in the series um and she's she is is she ends up with neville Whereas, but Neville was just with Ginny in Goblet of Fire. Mm. They should have stayed together, and Harry should have got with Luna. I think that's a much more interesting romance to dig into. Mm. Maybe it's less convenient to have um, Luna traveling around everywhere when Ginny is attached to the Weasleys. Yeah, but yeah. yeah, I don't know. It's it's just it's just odd. Um, I I buy Hermione and Ron a little bit more, but yeah, well, there's yeah. there's there's hints at that throughout. Mm. But mm. yeah, Harry and Ginny just feels like it's just yeah, yeah. You know how Harry and Ginny have always been a thing. It's like no, they haven't. <laughs> There's a point in this movie where she gets on her knees to tie his shoes, and that's not where anyone thought that scene was going when they first saw it. <laughs> yeah. It's also, it's an interesting thing as well. This film was the first one to come out after Dumbledore was revealed to be gay. Oh. And the, apparently there was a line in the script where uh, Dumbledore mentions having a crush on a girl when he was young and, and J.K. Rowling said, actually, no, he's gay. And the only and romantic infatuation he ever had was with Grindelwald, who he had to defeat in a wizard duel. And yeah, it's mm. funny. They, they, I remember this one coming out and then watching the film in the cinema and being like, all right, is Dumbledore actually gay? <laughs> and like everything he did, I'd be like, he's gay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I mean, he, he, um, he, what did you message? He, 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 he grabs like in one of the first scenes in the movie, he goes to the bathroom and then comes back with a magazine on knitting patterns. And he's like, do you mind if I take this? I love, I love <laughs> knitting patterns. And it's like, Oh, he's gay. We get it. <laughs> <laughs> I, th- I like to imagine JK Rowling, like saw that line about him having a crush and was like, no, take that out. And then she's like, put this line in um yeah. <laughs> he comes yeah. out with a magazine about knitting patterns yeah or, or yeah. it was like steve cloves and david yates being like uh oh how do we make how do we make him gay <laughs> <Yes. Yeah. laughs> like, yeah. or like this thing they've been writing like steve cloves been writing this character the whole time and now he's like i don't know how to write a gay character like <laughs> <laughs> it's 2007 i don't know how to write a gay character <laughs> oh, it's 2009 the I think the other than Jim Broadbent as uh, Professor Slughorn, I think the the shining performance in this movie is actually Tom Felton as mm. Lucius Malfoy. No, sorry, Draco Malfoy, mm. who essentially plays like a school shooter, <laughs> like is <laughs> like, based like a, a planning, sc- uh, you know, yeah, someone yeah. who's planning to to kill the the headmaster. Yeah, mm. and, and you can tell he's conflicted. And I mean, also like he has this is one of his sort of like meatiest roles in terms of like 
actually portraying that in a conflict in the fifth one he's just a bumbling fucking idiot like he's not really in it he he runs after the room of requirement as it switches the whole thing yeah, in that. Yeah. And, and, and then he oh they get it's a broom closet and they all fall over each other it's like he does nothing yeah. in order of the phoenix and then we he comes back the next year and it's like yeah remember this like conflicted tortured uh like portrait of draco malfoy we've been painting mm. and i think yeah, Half Blood Prince probably suffers from having to cut down Order of the Phoenix. Yeah, no, totally because um, you like you can treat Malfoy as a background character in some of these stories, but you shouldn't do it in Order of the Phoenix because it's leading up to his biggest mm. role in the story in Half Blood Prince. And like, yeah, I, th- I think that that. Yeah, this is not the movie. <laughs> Order of the Phoenix was not the movie to turn him into like a fumbling background character. Like it, it should have been built up more because he's really. I think he's really good in this, and he's not really in the the next two that much. Mm. Um, he's in them. No, he's in them, but it doesn't have as much of a role to play. Um, and I don't know. I just i I thought he was the most interesting. You know, in a in a movie f- that looks like poop and mm. um Oscar nominated poop, mind you, mm. um and is mainly about like this bullshit half blood prince storyline and these half baked romances. I found the disturbed the little. <laughs> I found the, the this disturbed little Nazi wizard to be like the most compelling storyline in it. Mm. It is worth mentioning as well that uh, Daniel Radcliffe is not a fan of this movie. Really? He says his acting is bad in it. He says it's just not good. He picked this one that he said his acting's bad Yeah, in. well, he, <laughs> he became a bit of an alcoholic and he can mm. tell which scenes he, he was fucking loaded in. <laughs> interesting. Mm. That's very interesting. Uh, so I've got a couple of pieces of dumb IMDb trivia for us. Mm-hmm. so uh when, while dumbledore and the young tom riddle talk in the orphanage there are there are rocks sitting on the windowsill more importantly there are seven rocks there are seven horcruxes there is also a picture of the cave in which one is found <laughs> seven hope. books too mm. do you remember that facebook group that was like the harry potter books are my horcruxes yeah yeah because jk rowling put a bit of her soul into each one of these books <laughs> yeah yeah when the trio sit down at the three broomsticks, Hermione orders three butterbeers and put a little ginger in mine. That's, that, should, that really belongs in the quotes section. But the, the, this one, this is a, a first for Dumb and DB trivia. This one actually calls itself out. So this one oh. says, silly trivia. <laughs> Near the end, Dumbledore, Sir Michael Gambon, tells harry i'm an old man now to which harry replies you don't look any different to me sir the original dumbledore was richard harris who looked and sounded completely different <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty funny um is what is dumb imdb trivia if not just silly trivia yeah yeah you know? we should call this segment silly trivia in honor of that post <laughs> yeah we we are introduced to the concept of the horcrux in this film and we we kind of get the first or it's revealed that there was some that already happened but we get the the locket and it's opened up and it's revealed like this note that's like ah i've got the real horcrux from rab and Mm. it was like oh who's rab a lot of people actually worked it out because that the uh black is out of all the sort of surnames that um that uh, rolling had come up with black was the one that sort of most easily translated into other languages and Mm. reading and seeing reading the book in other languages it, the the 
the um initials were always matched whatever black was in that in that ah. translation so it was uh r-a-z in uh for serious zwartz in dutch and uh r-a-m for serious muster in finnish mm. for example yeah that's such a great little problem that's like how when um the last jedi was announced and people didn't know if it was plural or not but the french title used singular no yeah, yeah. no i think it actually did use plural because confusingly the movie is singular yeah so yeah mm. well maybe it didn't depending on your interpretation mm. of that movie it's like the last samurai yeah it's exactly like that yeah um so yeah, the 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 one Horcrux they found they find has been. I, stolen. I actually should pull up a list of the Horcruxes because I yeah, do please not. do because as we go into Deathly Hallows, where there are Horcruxes and Deathly Hallows, a movie two movies which have two sets of multiple MacGuffins for some reason, like it would be interesting to find out like, or maybe maybe I can um if you get them in front of you, I can mm, list what I think the the seven are. Yeah, yeah let guess me what just I think find the seven an are. actual list. Lord Voldemort's Horcruxes. Here we go. Okay. Okay. What have we got? So, so there's seven. Is that correct? Yes. Okay. So the Horcruxes are his ring. Yeah, Marvilo Gaunt's ring. The Tom Riddle's diary. Mm-hmm. Um, that locket that they find. Salazar Slytherin's locket. Um, the cup that they find. The the little goblet thing. Helga Hufflepuff's cup. Um, R- Rowena Ravenclaw's tiara thing. Deadum. Deadum. Um, Nagini the snake, mm-hmm. and Harry Potter himself That's is correct. a Horcrux. Yeah, yeah. Okay, not that hard then. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> well, it's got to be harder. So, well, yeah, that that, that is the the seven deathly hell, uh, the seven Horcruxes. But what are the three deathly hellers? <laughs> <laughs> it's so stupid why are they why did it's so oh, we'll get into it. are we getting into deathly yeah, hallows we're getting into deathly hallows now yeah deathly harry potter and the deathly hallows part one came out in 2010 in 2008 it was announced that it'll be split into two books there was a bunch of discussions about it two movies uh, two movies sorry yeah there, yeah, there was a bunch of discussions about it but essentially they said you know we want to stay true to Rowling's vision and yeah i i said warner brothers studio here sort of initially disagreed with it but yeah, it was found it had to be done but Goblet of Fire Order of the Phoenix I think we talked about being split into multiple films as well uh, Alfonso Cuaron was desperately keen to return for this movie for this this these two movies and mm-hmm. Del Toro was keen but had to drop out due to The Hobbit and uh, Christopher Columbus was actually keen to come back as well and uh, for some reason they chose David Yates oh. instead so <laughs> so let's let's go through through them um first of all del toro had to drop out because of the hobbit oh my god (laughs) (laughs) um christopher columbus is not the right choice for deathly hallows i don't think um i would have loved alfonso curon to come back i think that would have been the the way to go instead of giving david yates free reign free Mm. first right of refusal it seems to any future harry potter harry potter movies um i like i said this at the start but like i just really like the idea of a a series like this where each each one or two is helmed by Mm -hmm. a different guy or girl or them (laughs) or them uh and so yeah that that's that's disappointing that they went with with old day yay (laughs) (laughs) 
Yeah, what's uh, Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows Part 1 about? Uh, so they decide so they that they're not... they No, they don't go back to Hogwarts. They what? decide not to return to Hogwarts and that. instead they're on <laughs> the fucking lamb uh, because Hogwarts is not safe. Snape, now outed as a Death Eater, is now um, the headmaster of Hogwarts and um, Cornelius Fudge has been replaced as the Minister of Magic by someone whose name I don't know but is played by Bill Nighy for like two scenes before he's killed off screen. Yeah, it's scrim- Scrimmager or something like that. I don't know how to say his name, but it's... So, that, that feels like Bill Nighy waited till the last he was, film and was, he was like, supposed can to I be please play someone? the sixth one, but the part was cut and um, and uh, just saved for the seventh one. Because there's a lot, like, the film opens with a shot of his face and everything. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Considerably not really in it that much. Yeah. Um, so, it's basically Harry, Ron, and Hermione have escaped and are on the run looking for the other Horcruxes to try hmm. and kill them. They, what do they do? They they manage to find the Gryffindor sword yep. and they destroy the locket. They destroy the, does the locket the only one they destroy in this one? Um, <laughs> I'm going to have to pull up the page again, aren't I? The, yeah, so the... The ring's destroyed in six. The locket's destroyed in this one. Yeah, then the rest are all in the next one, yeah. And the, mm, the, the diary in two, obviously. Yeah, so, uh, and throughout their journey, they keep seeing this mysterious symbol in various places, mm. which is like a triangle with a circle in the middle of it and a line going through the circle. I felt, felt those are very Yeah, adequate. you've probably seen it on a lot of, uh, tattooed on a lot of white women. <laughs> I think there's a very um, apt description. You know, usually describing something visual is very hard to do. Uh, I think it's an incredibly like simple symbol. I don't think it was that difficult to describe. You could say something nice. You could just agree with me that it was hard to do i'm sweating from doing that <laughs> anyway the symbol the symbol is the symbol of the deathly hallows and richard before watching this movie what did, did you know what a hallow was uh, uh well i mean I, I got my sister to tell me once she read the book <laughs> because when i didn't read this till uh what like six years after it came out yeah. the entire time i thought a hallow was like a, a chamber like a right room. i i i assumed hallow was a word made up for the movie is, or but the book, is, sorry. is it is it no no what does it mean technically uh hallow refers to honor something honored as holy right okay interesting like, ha- like hallowed ground oh okay okay so the deathly hallows they they find out from luna lovegood's dad who's played by reese iphons I forgot. Yeah, I didn't know yeah, that yeah. until <laughs> um, I didn't even notice it when watching it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, the they they're from this old story from the Beetle and the Bard, which is like this classic wizarding storybook anthology, um, which I believe is actually also published as well, um, and you can buy. Yeah, well, along with um, Quidditch through the no, yeah, yeah, Quidditch through the ages and Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them. Yeah, like the sort of the tie-in novellas um and but no, it's not from tales of beetle the bard is it so tales of beetle hermione of- sees the symbol in her copy of it tales of the beetle and the bard is the name of the storybook compilation the three the tale of the three brothers is in the compilation hmm. she reads it aloud to them doesn't she no she reads it from memory it's like because they're like, what is the symbol? And they're like, oh, it's the Deathly Hallows. And she goes, oh, that's right. I actually know all about this. 
but they also established that Ron read has read Beetle in the Barn. I don't know. It, it, it was implied to me well, that well, it's, it, it, it's established as like, oh, everyone knows the story. The three brothers. I didn't realize that they had a symbol. <laughs> Why would Dumbledore leave Hermione Beetle in the Barn as well? If it, well, didn't have the three brothers story because it. it has the symbol on it. But why right, would the symbol be on it? it <laughs> I don't know. It's yeah, not a. He, yeah. he could have just given her a sheet of paper with the symbol on it. <laughs> he could have just told her. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That Dumbledore across this whole series is like, dude, could you just tell us what's going on? All right. So the mm. the tale of the three brothers, which is told in the movie as this like beautifully animated little um, mm. mini vignette. I remember before I saw the movie, everyone's like, "You're gonna love this book." <laughs> uh and basically it's the story of these three brothers who were they they made a bridge over a river and death the grim reaper was so annoyed that they cheated drowning that um he decided to trick them by offering them each a gift of their choosing knowing that it would one day mean their demise and the first brother chose the uh, a wand that would make him the most powerful wizard so death crafted the elder wand um which did make him a powerful wizard but then he, he was then killed for it um the second brother asked for the resurrection stone which allowed him to resurrect his dead wife but then she was so cold and didn't want to be alive that he killed himself and then and the last brother who was more cunning um decided that he wanted to escape death for as long as possible so he chose an invisibility cloak I and mean, then all of this is irrelevant except for the elder wand by the way um but basically the idea is that <laughs> if you get the the deathly hallows i don't know is you it become the master of death. you become the master of yeah. death something that is not at any point any character's goal and it's mainly just we have to get the elder wand because and no character ever does as well get all three hallows yeah yeah, yeah. so there's there's a wizard fairy tale called the tale of the three brothers which is part of the like the published beetle of the the tales of beetle the bard that but I don't think in the in universe it's not supposed to be part of it. Okay, I don't quite understand why. Like in in, in universe, like she's just like um, Hermione just remembers this fairy tale. Okay, so the 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 story ends with like there's a whole thing where they get kidnapped by Death Eaters and uh, have to escape and dobby dies mm. a bunch of people die a guy called mundungus <laughs> mundungus dobby dies mad eye you know that guy that we don't actually know that well he dies earlier in the film yeah. hedwig he dies, dies yeah i was i want to ask you about this because they, they 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 transport harry at the start of the film and they do it by all taking polyjuice potion potions so you can't tell who the real harry is and they get there and, and so Hedwig dies and it was this big sad moment for this bird we haven't seen in ages. But the, yeah, they, they, they arrive there and they're like, is everyone okay? And they're just, oh man, I died. <laughs> like mm. we don't see him die or anything like that. But mm. so they're, they're, they're transporting Harry and they're all on broomsticks except for the real Harry who's riding in Hagrid's sidecar. And it's like, presumably, you just assume that that's the real Harry, right? But... <laughs> They, they, what happens is Hedwig comes over and he's like, oh, wow, it's Hedwig. And then, bam, Hedwig gets a Vada Kedavra. There's, there's a fan theory about who killed Hedwig. Mm. Have you heard this? No, very interesting. 
Uh, so yeah, there's there's a fan theory. So it's an unseen Death Eater that just you know a green bolt comes out of the sky. There's a fan theory that it's a uh, Snape kills Hedwig, and the idea being that because Hedwig is able to identify the real Harry and wants and comes over to be like, oh Harry, I haven't seen you in ages. Mm. Um, but and Snape knows that Hedwig would give the real Harry away, so quickly killed her, so wow. as not to give away the real Harry to continue protecting him because Snape is a hero imagine killing Dumbledore and Hedwig and coming out as like one of the bravest men yeah, yeah. Harry ever knew um, <laughs> it's ever known yeah um oh that's I like but it yeah, I, I, it's, it's quite a quite a good theory yeah mm. Mm. yeah this this there's, there's a really creepy scene in this where um where the Death Eaters are having a meeting and they're They've got a a wizard, a, a Hogwarts teacher levitating above the mm. table and they just sort of torture it to death while Snape has to watch and pretend like he's chill with it. <laughs> mm. Yeah. What do you think of this film? Um, Listen, the I've heard this one called being called the best one by a lot of people. Are you fucking insane? <laughs> well, I, no, just, I think no, it's I'm interesting kidding. that it has the lowest Ron Tomato score because I've heard it next to um, Prisoner of Azkaban and maybe part two. I would say this is often what people say is their favorite one um, outside mm. of the nostalgic love for the first two. Uh, and I think mm. that, um, le- you know, as much as uh, the direction is still boring, but what this yeah, one yeah. doesn't doesn't do that the David Yates's one's other ones do or the first two do is that it slows down because it's half a book Mm. and when david yates can direct half a book it is way better than the then um order of the phoenix breakneck speed of and half blood prince yeah like so i think that's one of the reasons why this one and the next one I quite like them, and I, when I was ranking them on Letterboxd this week, I sort of found myself, despite not liking David Yates's direction, I put part two and part one as my second and third favorite after Order of the Phoenix. Wow. And even then, wow. even then, I prefer the stories of these to Order of the Phoenix. No, sorry, not Order of the Phoenix. I'm Prisoner of Azkaban. Oh, good. I was, no, no, I was no, like, no, no, okay. no. Order of the Phoenix is the, I think, the probably the worst one. But the um. No, sorry, Prisoner of Azkaban. Prisoner of Azkaban is better direction, but not as interesting of a story. The Two Deathly Hallows has a better story, but not as interesting direction. I think I think Azkaban's my favorite story as well. That's I think Azkaban's such that's a good fine. story. You can think that as well. That's I. Well, I'm not going to. <laughs> okay. <laughs> wow, you sure showed me. <laughs> so yeah, this film is kind of like a road movie, really, and I. I, I wanted to talk about this because I know you, you've always said that you hate that the seventh book and well the seventh story doesn't feature them going to Hogwarts. That's yeah, like you've it, got seven years at Hogwarts and six of the seven books are your first six years at Hogwarts and the seventh one isn't. Yeah, and like I know I just said they're my second and third favorite films of the franchise as well. Very, it's very hard to rank these films. I'm very conflicted mm. on so many elements because and like I think Prisoner of Azkaban is the only one where it's everything you could want. Every other one mm. is like missing an essential element of what mm. what the best version of this this film could be, I think. Um but yeah, I just think it's unsatisfying it's unsatisfying to not have it set at hogwarts and like the 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 stupid retort that you get and i'm calling it stupid the stupid retort that people have given me for this over the years when i've said that 
it needs it's it's annoying that it's not set in Hogwarts. People go like, well, how would it be set at Hogwarts? Like it's you know all the things that are happening there wouldn't work. And it's like it's fiction. You can yeah, write whatever yeah. you want. You can make it so that they could go to Hogwarts, even if it like you, you make it so the Horcruxes are all all have to be at Hogwarts for whatever reason. Yeah, yeah, something like that, or even like the um. The, why would he hide them there? <laughs> or even like even if it started with the school year and like midway through yeah, because at the end of the sixth one he makes the decision I'm not going back to Hogwarts next year I'm going to yeah. spend the year finding Horcruxes and I just feel like it would be way better if it, and, and do, do you know what it is do you know what it is is that the other six books and movies have a reason for being contained to a year it is right, yeah. more realistic that if they're not going back to Hogwarts for their seventh year, it's more realistic that it should actually take them more or less than a year to find all the Horcruxes. Well, yeah, like it, it removes the structure they, they, from the from the yeah. story. They should have just established you spend six years at Hogwarts and then have the Half Blood Prince be he graduates and then yeah, that could be it's like it. surprise that we're not finishing it in six mm. books. There's a seventh book. Mm. I don't know. Yeah, I just think that like it should be that you. I, the way I've always thought I would have done it if I was rewriting them mm-hmm. was have it start with them going to Hogwarts and they they even if it's like they they're only there for a semester before they decide it's actually too dangerous yeah, yeah, yeah. and bust out. I, I I do like that the second one returns to Hogwarts and mm. we return to the Chamber of Secrets and yeah, yeah. rumor requirement cool. and stuff. I do really yeah. like all of that. But yeah, the, the, it's an interesting film. I want to talk to you as well about the the dance scene mm. in this. thank you for bringing it up yes so this it's okay this is the <laughs> i'm like crying and you're like hey it's okay <laughs> um this the dance scene is famous in this movie because it's because it is probably the most significant story beat that's not from the books and like mm. the inverse is often true often stuff is cut out of the movies big I, peeves fan big peeves fan no the the biggest the biggest disappointment was um, you know when Harry and Hermione go and to visit James and Lily's grave in mm. in um in Godric's Hollow, um yeah. in the book I remember that being like beautifully written, like this really introspective, mm. really like kind of um emotional internal moment, uh, and in the movie that is, I mean it's a movie so, and it's not a book, so I get why you had to change it, but it's it's reduced to a couple of seconds of of introspection well that, that's how i feel as well about the the opening scene well not not the opening scene necessarily but one of the very early scenes when hermione obliviates her parents mm. which like makes them forget everything makes them forget they had a daughter anything that it's like damn this is like one of the hardest things she would have ever had to do in her life yeah and it's like over in a few seconds and then she just walks out and never thinks about I, it again. I think presumably she unobliviates them when things get back to normal but you're not shown that scene <laughs> I don't. I don't think so. I think in the books she does. Is what I mean. Like I don't, I don't know. Okay. Well. Anyway. Um, <laughs> but yeah, the dancing. The scene. dancing scene. So Ron has gone gone fucking bananas. Ron's gone wrong. Ron's gone wrong because the Horcrux was making him angry, um, and, and so he, he leaves out for like months. <laughs> <laughs> and then um, there's just the scene where. Harry and Hermione are depressed because Ron's not around and then some music starts playing and Harry and Hermione begin waltzing and dancing to this this track, which I looked up. It's a um what did I I looked what did I tell you? It was a a um Nick Cave song. It's a that, Nick Cave, yeah. Yeah, it doesn't come out till like seven years after the film is supposed to take place. 
Um, but anyway, uh, it's this very sweet scene that I think um, I think it's interesting because of how hard the platonic friendship of Harry and Hermione is pushed throughout the series. Yeah. There's never any question that they'll get together. Yeah. They they were directed to have like a moment of sexual tension, I think, and then to sort of remember Ron and then think, oh. And I I do like that. I actually really like. Um, yeah. There's a handful of examples I can think of in movies where like a platonic male female friendship is like reaches a point where it could become something more and doesn't and i often think that's mm, actually a lot like this podcast yeah yeah <laughs> i often think that's actually a lot more powerful than than oh absolutely yeah attention. it's it's a, it's a cool thing yeah and, and like you know it, it shows this that they've been on the run for so long they're lonely mm. or they've, they've got each other and it's this moment of levity and yeah, it's, it's it's a nice moment. It's like, but it's, at the same time, I could see why someone would fucking hate that moment as well. <laughs> I mean, it's not like they kiss or anything, and Ron comes back, and and it's all good. Yeah. But yeah, no. Mm. 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 Just kind of before we move on, I want to talk about Dobby. Oh, According to IMDb Dobby. trivia, many Harry Potter fans consider Dobby's death to be the most devastating devastating scene of the franchise. Now, so that's trivia. Yeah, that many fans think something. Mm. That's no way. Citation needed. Me thinks. <laughs> Do you know what? I'd actually write Dobby's death as one of the least devastating in the franchise. It's one of the funniest moments <laughs> of the franchise, but it, it is fun, and it's one of those things that I'm sure was a bigger deal in the book because I, I think in Order of the Phoenix, Dobby's a big part of that that was cut out. Like he's the one who suggests the room of requirement. He's then there's a few things like that, but Dobby. It, 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 for for movie only people dobby just like shows up in two is just a little cunt for like three hours and then disappears for five movies mm. and then comes back and and dies and we're supposed to go oh no this is the most devastating moment of the franchise i actually think you couldn't get a better definition of a non-devastating character death than than a gimmick <laughs> character like dobby this reminds me of when um but I I can imagine in the book that it's like he, you know, has this triumphant moment where he like overcomes being this gimmick character. And like I, I get where people are coming from. I do. Like even when he like when he dies in his big moment where he saves everyone and he dies a free elf and it's all this stuff but yeah mm. sorry you were saying no you, no it's because you know how like uh, one of the critiques of the last jedi was that um admiral akbar should have done the holdo maneuver no, that's just... and i remember talking to you about it and being like i'm sorry but admiral akbar is a squid man like he's he's a joke he's a joke character yeah. i would not it would not have been any more any like it wouldn't have been as powerful if it was this gimmick meme character and that's kind yeah. of how i ultimately feel about dobby is like listen there are plenty more devastating deaths in the series some of them have already happened have done off screen. about 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 eight of them are about to happen in the next movie mm. like this is yeah yeah i i, I wasn't yeah. that moved by his death or his sacrifice yeah. in these yeah it is yeah the the last Jedi thing, man, that's so fun. Like because also you know if they had done if it had been JJ Abrams or I don't know any one of these guys that are like don't seem to get Star Wars that are now in charge of Star Wars that or don't seem not sense storytelling I should say but the that he would have been like it wasn't a trap like and then done it or something yeah, like that right. like they would have been like let's let's have a let's have Admiral Akbar do his big moment yeah yeah. 
No, I mean, Admiral Ackbar's the kind of character you do kill off screen, and Ryan Johnson did. Um, mm. And so's Mad Eye Moody, apparently, I guess. Mm. Mad Eye well, Moody's so Lupin, Hedwig's kinda. death. Hedwig's death is more devastating than Dobby's death. Mm. I remember my sister was reading the. Because I was just being like, what happens in the book? I'm not going to read it, you know? And she told me, and I think her boyfriend at the time, or they'd, they'd split up maybe at this point, but he mentioned that like a character whose name starts with h their death was really sad and i think he was ahead of her in the book or she wasn't sure where he was up to in the book and in the book i at least it becomes i i it's very like clear that harry's going to die at one point mm. and i remember my mom or my sister like getting to that point and having to stop for the night and being like oh my god like harry's literally gonna die and my sister was like in tears that the book had been spoiled for her and I was like, well, what did he actually say? So he's like, oh, Karen starts H. And I was like, you mentioned to me, though, that Hedwig died. And she was like, yeah, yeah. And I was like. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Maybe he meant Hedwig and she, and she messaged him and was like, yeah, and mean Hedwig, <laughs> and it was like, mm. see, look, nothing, nothing spoiled. Your sister, you, so many stories of your sister have that exact same flavor. Yeah. <laughs> 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 uh, That's the I try to say that in a nice way because <laughs> <laughs> she she might be listening to this. Um, but what in what way? <laughs> like, like, just uh, I I don't know if I can give any like concrete examples, but like. The idea of like letting someone's joke spoiler, uh, to take that on as a real spoiler, is like <laughs> and have it ruin the experience for you because you haven't thought about it is very funny. I think. <laughs> <laughs> but, like I've had that. I've had like joke spoilers that because you're joking about that spoiler, it means this more serious happen. thing doesn't happen like i can understand that i can relate to that and i just wouldn't tell anyone that the character started with h died because i would know they didn't mean harry yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean these these books was were serious business when they came that's out. true i'm neglecting the fact that these books were more popular than the bible for teens of our generation <laughs> yeah the bible wasn't very popular for teens of our generation <laughs> yeah yeah so yeah the the story is continued in harry potter and the disney hallows part two which came out a year later uh i've already mentioned it has the highest rotten tomatoes at 96 percent mm. and i think that's just like it's a it's a pretty satisfying conclusion to the harry potter saga i was thinking that watching it that like god in recent years we have just been like absolutely lambasted with <laughs> unsatisfying yeah. conclusions to things that one of the best things about watching this one was just like this is pretty good like it's a it's pretty an amazingly consistent franchise. <laughs> yeah yeah that's the thing um and even when it becomes david yatesified it still has the screenplays to back a better movie i guess yeah and i like i'm sorry but that's probably credit to jk rowling but the <laughs> like 
I mean, the fact that like like finales are so often unsatisfying. Mm. You know, like even even the good ones have elements of dissatisfaction with them. But yeah, watching Deathly Hallows Part Two because this is uh, probably the only one I haven't rewatched. I mean, I, I don't maybe I hadn't rewatched one either, mm. but um, but yeah, I haven't seen this since it came out in the cinema and. Watching it's like yeah, this is actually like everyone kind of gets their moment to shine. A lot, mm. a lot is paid off, and yeah. you know, and we. But yeah, so what's it about? Um, so they return to Hogwarts because they've got to find. God, this like thirty-five minutes into the. Well, it's probably well into the movie. They return to Hogwarts. They they get the cup first and then go back to yeah. Hogwarts. From Gringotts. Uh, yeah. Um. It's it's basically if you've read the book, people, and I know you haven't, Richard, but like the the book is like everything happens and then it's the battle of hogwarts is like the last mm. like quarter of the book and the most of this movie is that is basically the battle yeah, of hogwarts yeah. um so yeah voldemort everyone's back at hogwarts voldemort attacks hogwarts everyone fights they fight they mm. fight they fight and bite and fight 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 bite 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 the Harry Potter show. Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows Part Two. Yeah, yeah. The the so we find the the remaining Horcruxes, which we all went over. One thing that I do, I've always really liked about the Horcruxes. Uh, yeah, that I even before I had seen the movie, and I just read what they were, and I was like, "What the fuck is a diadem?" And like, how do these things come into it? But one thing I really like is that it's in in the movie one of them is kind of ambiguous in this in a way I'm not sure it is in the book, but that I like that every horcrux is destroyed by a different person right so sure. harry destroys tom riddle's diary in the second film the uh the ring is destroyed by dumbledore in the sixth uh ron destroys the locket in the seventh and then mm. hermione destroys halga's um cup uh, neville beheads nagini and uh, harry who's kind of a horcrux apparently um not like officially technically but um, he he's killed by Voldemort again, and mm. but the Ravenclaw's diadem officially, I think in the book, it's like officially destroyed by Crab of, of Crab and Goyle fame. But in the, in the in the film, it's like he sets the whole place on fire, and then the diadem comes out. They stab it with the Basilisk Fang, and then kick it into the the fire. So it's mm. like it's 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 unclear which is the one that like killed it i guess but i and maybe it's clear in the book but i do like the fact that harry actually the only horcrux harry destroys he did five years ago yeah yeah (laughs) Yeah. no that is cool and i think there's a lot of retconning by this point in the series of things that weren't important like harry potter is so bad for some of some stuff like like the big one is that the invisible cloak the cloak of invisibility is a fucking deathly hallow and it's like what mm. <laughs> this thing that they phrase it in the first film like it's just like something you can buy oh, you've got one up, of those up yeah. market yeah yeah um mm. And I, but I think the best thing, the best use of retconning is is Tom Riddle's diary being a Horcrux because it also makes mm. sense because it actually clarifies what the deal is with the diary. Why mm. can Tom Riddle talk to Harry through it? Yeah. You know, like it's more because it's a Horcrux. Um, and I, I really like that Harry is a Horcrux. I think that's a really smart way to complete the mystery like answer the mystery of what happened that night when um james and lily died and and yeah like i think it's it's and it, it's it's a lot more compelling to be like the main character has to die in order to save 
save the day. And as yeah. the prophecy from Order of the Phoenix tells us, one only one can live while yeah, the other... Yeah, do you want to talk about the, the prophecy? Because there's a big fan theory about that, right? Let me pull up the what the actual words of the prophecy. Well, it's less of a fan theory... And more, it feels like she was writing it to go a certain way. And then before Deathly Hallows came out, someone figured it out. So she was like, okay, uh, I'm going to change it. <laughs> yeah, so let me... Let me just... The prophecy. Yeah, so it's uh, made by Sybil Trelawney to Albus Dumbledore for telling of... So the one with the power to vanquish the Dark Lord approaches, born to those who have thrice defied him, born as the seventh month dies, and the Dark Lord will mark him as his equal... But he will have the power that he will have power the Dark Lord knows not, and either must die at the hand of the other, for neither can live while the other survives. The one with the power to well, done this repeats. Yeah. Um and what are you talking about there, Ajo? So the the prophecy basically is led up to, to, to for you to think that it's that it's Harry, but all of the categories of the prophecy also technically apply to neville longbottom and for a long time people were like the whole story is going to be that dumbledore has placed this this red red herring in harry potter and placing all this importance in harry potter getting everyone to focus on harry potter because neville is actually the character who is the chosen one neville's the real chosen one um and i loved that theory i thought there was i, I didn't mm. read it till till after i read the books but i thought there was such an interesting idea to um you know literally like like the the author has done the same thing to you the reader like the books are called harry potter and the and to then reveal Mm. that it was actually neville longbottom's story i think is is very um uh destructive you know <laughs> like it's very yeah. disruptive i should say you know you know people talk about like disrupting the industry like it feels like disrupting storytelling expectations and i i really like that idea and yeah it's 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 quite commonly thought that she got annoyed that people figured it out she who must not be named mm. um got annoyed that everyone was figuring it out and was like all right i'm going to change it mm. yeah it, it's a it's an interesting theory. I like, yeah. There's an interesting other world where we, you know, have this. But yeah, I, I do. You think don't that like it. It would, it, would, it would probably piss a lot of people off. Maybe oh, I'll that's be one the of the best I don't kind know. of stuff. Like, <laughs> I, I think it's like I don't, I don't know enough about it to, to do it to 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 really form an opinion on it. The the kind of like the the smoking gun is that the uh, Neville's parents getting Cruciatus cursed by. Yeah, yeah. yeah bellatrix lestrange puts them in the exact same category and like neville is canonically also born in july and i just don't know why you would even include that if that wasn't the plan from what i understand the the book floats the idea that it could be neville maybe yeah and so I i think that's that's probably my issue with it is that it's like if the book goes, hey, it could be Neville or Harry, and then it goes, it's Neville. It's like, yeah, okay. But it, it, like, I, I almost think if they'd hidden all information from us, yeah, 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 exactly. That'd be the best way to do it. Like, you find yeah. out that that Neville was born in July in book two. You hear the prophecy in book five. You you know you learn all these pieces of information scattered throughout the book, yeah. so that it's not not so obvious. Um, 
but look, I the way it turns out yeah. is still pretty good. Um, there's some really cool battles and some really cool lines. I I, I really like the idea that Harry is a Horcrux himself and has to be mm. a Vada Kedavra. And because the only ways we're shown that can destroy a Horcrux is with the Basilisk Fang or a Vada Kedavra. But the, or the sword. Yeah, this or the sort of or the sort of the got a different draw coated in. and basilisk venom. Yeah, but uh, Harry's actually stabbed with a basilisk fang in Chamber of Secrets. Oh, is he bitten? Yeah, and they, but then uh, Forks mends it, and then J.K. Rowling has just said, "Yeah, yeah, she fixed it before it, it could be killed." <laughs> well, I, I mean, he doesn't die, you know. Yeah, yeah, Maybe. That, but it's like that, that, bad, that part should have killed him. You know, that it should have killed that part. But yeah, that it's um. Yeah, no, no, that's it. And yeah, like I said before, I like I love that we go back to the Chamber of Secrets. Like it, it's it's a greatest hits kind of finale, but in but it works in, in greatest such a hits satisfying so, way. Yeah, so rarely mm. work. But the uh, the 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 rules around the Resurrection Stone, I'm mm. confused by because so the Resurrection Stone is given to it's bequeathed unto Harry and Dumbledore's will. It's inside the golden snitch he caught in his first game he figures out how to open it when he's ready to die and the resurrection stone comes out he holds it he's able to see lupin he's able to see his parents and well, so do says? you know how he opens the snitch yeah yeah because yeah. he puts it in his mouth because he caught it in his mouth yeah yeah yeah, in his first oh, yeah i didn't think we needed to go into that but yeah good like yeah uh, when he was ready to die is is when it's it will open right but he um yeah and then yeah so he sees his parents he sees lupin and he sees uh, serious yeah and then he imagine if like barty crouch senior was also there <laughs> like every, every character who's died adjacent to harry potter is like <laughs> yeah but then he he drops the resurrection stone and then he gets a vada and then he's just not dead and it's like is it because he held the resurrection stone beforehand that it was able to do that or that gave him the power in the afterlife mm. to get back on the train? It's it's like a weird thing. I, I was expecting that someone needed to find the resurrection stone by his body and be like, oh, we can bring him back to life. But No, because the, the according to the tale of the three brothers, like coming back from the dead via resurrection stone is actually like cold and and unfulfilling for the the resurrectee. Um or the resurrected so i don't actually i don't think the resurrection stone plays into harry coming back from the dead i think it's just that like the the there's some kind of spiritual loophole that because he was a horcrux he's able to come back like we see him in that afterlife thing where he finds like that gross little voldemort fetus and dumbledore talks to him <laughs> yeah. um yeah like i don't think that that's that the I don't I don't know how does Harry come back from the dead? That's actually a really good question. Yeah. Okay. So apparently, according to Screen Rant, it's because because at the time he reveals at the end that because the the Elder Wand which Voldemort has, he goes to Snape and he's like, "Why isn't it answering to me?" And he's like, "I don't know." And he says it's because it's transferred to whoever killed its last owner and because it used to belong to dumbledore and snape killed dumbledore then now snape was the rightful owner of it so he kills snape and then turns and then so he thinks voldemort thinks he's now the owner of it fun stuff (laughs) harry harry reveals that draco um what's the word disarmed snape the night that disarmed dumbledore sorry the night that snape killed him and then Harry disarmed Draco, so now Harry was actually the rightful owner of the 
Alder Wand, meaning that at the time of Harry's death in the Forbidden Forest, he was actually the owner of all three Deathly Hallows. Oh, damn! So he, That's great! He was actually the master of death at the time and couldn't be killed, essentially. That's actually really good and should be made... More, way more clear that's because that's so cool i've never known that to be how it happens that's way better than just he just comes back well yeah like because i just assumed it was like the resurrection stone that he was like he he absorbed its power he he or like he, he got a one-up essentially when he grabbed the resurrection stone but this is way better because because the resurrection stone is is a is a folly like you don't want to come back via resurrection stone it sounds you like. might not wow that's true or maybe i do um mm. we have got uh several deaths in this this movie several deaths that uh they she they really saved some of the heavy hitters for the last book um we've got um who who dies in this movie we've got uh snape dies lupin lupin dies tonks dies um still so bummed about lupin fred weasley fred weasley and what is the second worst thing jk rowling has ever done in my opinion is kill off fred weasley that's the most to me that's the most devastating death that's easily more devastating Mm. than dobby because What's so devastating about it is that it's it's like characters like Lupin and Sirius Black and even Harry Potter like they they they're playing on they're operating on this field where it's like death is always just around the corner. Fred is such an innocent character who is like intrinsically tied to his twin brother. It is I remember finding out Fred Weasley died. My friend told me, because I wasn't reading the books, told me in 2007 that Fred Weasley died and just being like, Jesus Christ, that's horrific. Like out of all the deaths in Harry Potter, Dumbledore and Fred Weasley are the only ones I ever remember being like, holy crap, after hearing. (laughs) Of course, (laughs) wasn't going to read read the books. Um, I actually remember my dad telling me, I remember in like 2000 two my dad telling me that apparently a major character dies in goblet of fire and then i remember him telling me when order of the phoenix comes out being like oh guess who dies in order of the phoenix and i was like oh who? <laughs> he was like dumbledore i was like oh man um but god fred like because because george george will will never be whole again you know, mm. like it's so brutal. It's so sad. I can't, I can't handle it. It's so upsetting that that Fred dies. I don't know if I would have the guts to do it if I was writing these books. Like, I don't know if I could kill off a character as like innocent as Fred. Hmm. There's a couple of changes from the books that I'm intrigued by. Mm-hmm. So one was. And this was one that I remember when the film came out, everyone talking about what happens with the Elder Wand, everyone was real fucked off about. So at the end of the film, after defeating Lord Voldemort, explaining how he's actually the rightful owner, he snaps the Elder Wand in half and chucks it away. Mm -hmm. And I remember that pissing a lot of people off. I didn't know why necessarily, but it's in the book, just, just reading on Harry Potter wiki. So it's like he repairs the wand and keeps it for himself and knowing that like when he dies a natural death not being defeated by another wizard 
the the power of the elder wand will will disappear which is what dumbledore wanted to do when he died right. and um and so that's why it was like buried with him and he talks to a portrait of dumbledore who approves of of this plan further adding ambiguity and, and confusion to how exactly these talking painting versions of characters yeah. works <laughs> yeah, so the but the other change that's that's really interesting that i that um jess pointed out to me as we were watching the film is that um she said a lot of people were pissed off about the way dumbledore uh sorry about the way voldemort dies because when the spell backfires he like you know fucking disapparates and just like he mm-hmm. disintegrates into into flakes it's, it's very um infinity war but and it's the sort of like big dramatic scene and apparently in the book it's very just like he just fucking keels over and dies because he's he's mortal again he's just he's just made mm-hmm. into some dude he doesn't deserve a a special death and i think that's such a better thing that it's like like I, I, you're spoken about that the uh, in the last Jedi bringing that up again that Snoke just dies like a punk bitch and it's yeah. like give yeah, Voldemort deserves to just die like a fucking loser and yeah, you know lose all totally. his powers he's just some guy and then but then it's like no he's this it's this big dramatic scene uh, yeah so. I agree and I but I also think that big dramatic scene isn't actually that big and dramatic I think it either needed mm. to go how it is in the book with it just being like you you're you're nothing. You scum, you dirt, <laughs> or it should, or it needed to be like a lot more momentous because it just kind of like, I don't know. There's no fanfare around it, um, which is is frustrating. So I, I agree there, and I think it would have been cooler if he'd, he'd died like a punk bitch. Did mm. not expect the last Jedi to come up in what three separate comparisons. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, and also the the death takes place in the Great Hall in the book as well. Uh, okay. I do that that scene. Well, we, just before Voldemort is killed, I do think that the the most some of the most powerful stuff in the movie, and the reason why this kind of like the Deathly Hallows duology like brute force the, themselves into my top two or well, top three mm, places yeah, I think, yeah, yeah. on the ranking because it's just it's like how can you not be emotionally moved by some of the stuff that happens in it and. A couple of things I think that are really cool in in Deathly Hallows Part Two, starting with um, that some well close to where where um, Voldemort dies. I love like Neville's speech. Basically, they're like, "You can all join me, or you can all die." And Neville steps forward and and says like. I, I love the line like we lost Harry tonight, but he didn't die in vain. And then he turns to Voldemort and he goes, "But you will." And it's what a cool yeah. fucking thing to tell the most evil man wizard in the universe, right? Yeah, like yeah. you will die in vain. It's such an insulting mm. thing, and I really love that that beat. And it's I think yeah. it's I think it's really do you powerful. Like, do you like the hug? The hug's great. It's it's intentionally, or it's maybe the best piece of direction David Yates has done. Like because it well, is apparently it was like, improvised by Ray Fiennes. <laughs> oh, there you go. It wasn't even fucking him. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, it's just there, there's because so, so you're talking about Voldemort hugging Malfoy, and it's yeah. this really painful. Yeah, it's the moment almost, when he says you can come forward and join yeah, us. Yeah, and yeah, yeah, yeah. Malfoy's the only person that steps forward again, just like Malfoy's a coward through and through. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's 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 very awkward and stilted and like almost comedically so, but I kind of love mm. that that 
uh, dark humor of it, I guess. Mm, the worst so time good. in, it's, in it's the franchise to crack a joke, and they're cracking a joke. It's great. Yeah, well, it's it's one of those things where people would watch it and go like, "What the fuck?" And like, "Why are they doing that?" It's so it's like, no, that's how you're supposed to feel. Yeah. yeah. So often, those are the best moments of movies. And mm. um, one really small moment I like is there's that part where, and I don't think it's in the book where Harry and Voldemort like grab each other and go tumbling off the cliff face, mm. and they like fly about um, Hogwarts and become one. You know, and it's it's the poster, yeah. the post that we, the thing I posted on Instagram. Oh no, it isn't. It was I took several photos of it, then decided to go with mm-hmm. Voldemort grinning instead. Um, but before he does it, Harry says like, "How about we?" we what is it it's like how about we, the way we started together yeah but he, he calls him tom and i thought that's such a good touch oh yeah, yeah that he calls him tom yeah like everyone else is calling him voldemort but harry's like you're but you're like my fucking brother basically at this point like yeah, we're yeah. we are so connected like formalities be damned your name is tom yeah, i really yeah. love that um and i've I, solved your anagram tom <laughs> yeah, I'm, i know what i know what iron lord voldemort is an anagram for um <laughs> and but the, the other thing i've always really really liked in the deathly hallows is i think um snape's story the reveal of what's been going on the other time is is deeply deeply satisfying and beautiful and tragic um the fact that like he dies before anyone even finds out he's a good guy and just like Mm. the i made fun of it before but i really do love the idea of harry growing to regard snape as the bravest man he ever knew because what he's basically saying there is like i knew this guy named severus snape who upon uh being partially responsible for the love of his life the unrequited love of his life being murdered um devoted himself to a life of dissatisfaction to a life of of everyone thinking he was this like creepy loser um to to the point where he had nothing left but to protect me and he still yeah. did that up until he was killed. I've I that that one shot of um of him hugging Lily's dead body with baby Harry crying in the background, I think is mm. one of the more compelling shots in the series. And I know there I think there has been some like reevaluation on Snape in recent years in a very mm. a very uh uh empathetic uh Gen Z kind of way of like, is he more bad than He's he was an good? And it's yeah. <laughs> and that too as well. But like all of that can also be true and it can he can still be a complex powerful very like deeply interesting character mm. in retrospect in a way that works which is very rare for a yeah. character to be interesting in retrospect that famously as well jk rowling supposedly told uh alan rickman all mm. of this mm. while filming the first film yeah yeah and so he always knew the truth behind and then there's an interview with chris columbus last year and he talked about harry potter and he and he spoke about that there were there were times on set where Alan Rickman would make a weird choice and he'd go, Why you know, why did why did he do that? And he now knows, but it it wasn't like Chris Columbus wasn't told um Alan has secret direction, you know? <laughs> and what a performance Alan Rickman gives across the series. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So many very specific line choices, which I'm sure weren't all motivated by the fact that he was in love with Lily Potter, but um Mm. but yeah his his dying line of saying give your mother's eyes mm. or mm. always when like but, even after all this time always i've always thought that was really beautiful yeah yeah th- th- that's like the one thing everyone everyone fucking loves but so going into deathly hallows 
everyone assumed that yeah, Snape's fully evil, right? Is that we were right? Uh, do you mean like what what the readers were led to believe? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's I think so. When I read them, I was pretty sure he was doing a double bluff based on like yeah, yeah. what I knew of the series already. I hadn't seen the movie, the last three movies, but no. I'm. I yeah, I remember thinking at the end of of Deathly Hall of of um Half Blood Prince when I was reading them, I mm. remember thinking like, God, he better actually be good because it's going to be a way mm. better story if he's actually good. Yeah. Um. And so yeah, I th- I had an idea, but I don't think people knew for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the uh, the uh, speaking of like narratively satisfying moments as well, Molly Weasley being the one to kill Bellatrix Lestrange. Is oh, so it's good. after and Fred not, dying. Not my daughter, you bitch. Not yeah. my daughter, you bitch is great. Um, yeah, no, totally. And and yeah, they're just like there's... such a great character who's never had anything like badass to do. Yeah, <laughs> it's so good. Yeah, yeah. No, that's great. And and like I also I was thinking about it watching it like she Avada. Av- well, no, they try Avada cadavering each other, but she they yeah. keep blocking each other, and then Molly. Mo- is just able to do a bunch in a row and i think like it speaks to like i i assume you can't just do a you can't just rapid fire a vada cadavra because everyone would just be fucking doing it presumably in in any battle and so i think there's like a fueled hatred for this woman who's taken one of her twin sons away is like allows her to reach that level of like get rid of the cooldown period yeah yeah and i think that's that's if if, you know that's me head cannoning it but it's it's really good Mm. yeah yeah it's interesting the rules around avada kedavra that it's like are are like harry ron and hermione just using it all the time as well like when people are trying to kill them because it's kind of made out like like it should be that yeah it's it's weird i I, i'm not sure exactly what the rules are around it it's like you know one of the forbidden curses but it's like is it forbidden in the same way that like killing people is forbidden in our world you know Mm. whereas in war it's all good i mean by the time everyone's Mm. doing it willy-nilly the ministry's fallen and Mm. things like that anyway um but yeah it's funny how it's clearly supposed to be like a play on abracadabra and so, like, oh, yeah, yeah. in the world of Harry Potter, presumably, whatever, like, morsels of information from the wizarding world has seeped through into human muggle legend, like broomsticks and pointy hats yeah. and stuff, one of them is, like, the worst thing you can do is this fun thing that magicians say when they pull a rabbit out of the, I, 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 As far as I understand, that is deliberate, and that's one of the best ideas I think J.K. <laughs> I, that, that That's such a good idea mm. that the only that the thing we go that we go yeah pull your rabbit out of the hat and say is like a play on the most like the worst thing you can say mm. in their world it's that i think i think that's such a good idea mm. yeah. and like you're making it avada kedavra i mean avada kedavra sounds evil mm. like the, the 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 v in there the k you know those, are, those are evil letters but the yeah yeah the, the, the fact that it's a play on the most sort of fun magic thing we have is is, is ingenious and presumably alakazam is azkaban <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. there is an element of this movie that we haven't spoken about yet mm. a very controversial one and uh we're oh, gonna really? have to turn our clocks forward uh what is it nine years 19 years later oh to right the epilogue okay. of the film that kind of controversial not jk no Rowling no just this epilogue that like a lot of people think just <laughs> just sucks um <laughs> yeah what do you what do you think of the epilogue i have no beef with the epilogue i think i mm-hmm. i certainly don't want it to the movie to or the book to just end where it ends before this um mm. i think 
I think it's it feels like it was JK wrote it for her, like to give herself mm, yeah, the, yeah. the knowledge. Um I think it it I think it holds up quite well because I don't think like they didn't employ like what would now be dated aging effects to make mm. them look older. They just look kind of like fairly handsome um, yeah. 40 the year olds. The de-aging on Snape's pretty good also as well. In the oh, has he de-aged it? Well, there's, there's something done, even if it's just like mm. a, a, you know, a facelift kind of yeah, thing. Yeah. Like a... Mm. Um, I think it's it's not bad enough to be, to have been given the like ire that it's been given, I guess. Mm. What do you think of it? Uh, I don't know. It's just, it's just cheesy, I think. Mm. The, the, the dialogue in it and the like albus severus potter you ah uh, you named after fucking scallywag i think i think the best part it's, is it's is, exposition yeah yeah but the best part is is saying like clarifying that how harry feels about snape in retrospect that he was yeah. one of the bravest men ever knew i think that's that's a very powerful and it's, it is interesting like the last piece of dialogue in the series is devoted to snape of all characters i think yeah, that's yeah. kind of interesting um so mm. we see we see draco briefly in the epilogue as well so just sort of showing that he did get a happy ending because the, yeah there is a moment that in this film where it's shown that he's well we, we kind of it's teased the whole time that he's not like fully on voldemort's side he was just scared mm. and yeah he, he doesn't explicitly do anything courageous or heroic but mm. we're just sort of shown that he doesn't actually side with yeah I think in in the book from memory in the epilogue, it it takes time to mention Draco's there as well, and that hmm. they like <laughs> they like nod at each other or something like that. So yeah. there's there's like some kind of harmony has been achieved. Yeah, he has uh, Scorpius Malfoy as the name very of his cool. Son. Very fucking uh, cool. Though they are not friends, Malfoy has somewhat decreased his animosity towards Harry, and upon seeing them at King's Cross Station, gives a brief and curt nod to Henny, Harry, Ron, Hermione, and Ginny. Mm, there you go. go. That's um, kind of like that that, that. that I think that's somewhat of a satisfying ending for the character. That it's like it, it, he's not going to be like, you know, it, 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 it would be it would be dumb if it was like. Yeah, no, he he has a heel turn at the last minute and yeah. became friends with them because he, even after all they went through, he would be even if he wanted to be friends with them, he'd be fucking ashamed. You'd assume. Yeah, yeah, no, totally. Hmm. I think um the uh, what's with all the wizard? Like, why is ending in US like such a wizardy name? Rubrus, hmm. Remulus, Sir- Sirius, Severus, Albus, Scorpius. What's going on there? Can't there be more than one <laughs> suffix? Yeah. Well, I mean, I think that again, I, I'm it's... Wizard Jerry Seinfeld right now. What's with all the S's? <laughs> yeah, nice. Jerius. <laughs> yeah, nice. Good stuff. Good stuff. Anyway, that's the <laughs> Harry Potter movies. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, we've the, still got the, some the, stuff. The last we need to line talk of about. dialogue in our discussion about the Harry Potter movies is devoted to Jerry Seinfeld. Of all people. <laughs> I like it. It's tasteful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah the we've got a bunch of segments to get through so is there anything else you want to say about the series at a whole anything that we've missed no i think add? i can shoehorn everything into the segments anything else i want to nice say? so yeah we've got the meeting of the elders which uh, we're going to do now mm-hmm. and that'll probably this is where you know the the some of our patrons are able to put their thoughts into on into the podcast yeah if, if you sign up to 
our uh cult elders tier over at patreon.com slash cult you get invited to this little secret discord channel where we ask you your thoughts we did this last week for the first four movies and we've got people's thoughts on the um second four movies and um, mm. so we can go through those now so yeah, these are oh, these are the comments from our cult elders bmd says continuing my thoughts of the harry potter films allow me to reiterate that jk is a heathen okay we good let's move on i'm in thank you um the fifth is the worst way too much is left out too many iconic moments flat out removed particularly at the battle of mysteries it was butchered slaughtered absolutely left in shambles they left out the giant brains and the magical doors that lead to the very concept of love what the fuck man it's way too short and could have benefited from another half hour at least. I'm glad that uh, BMD is remembering some of the stuff. That sounds <laughs> that insane to me. <laughs> it sounds like a Rick and Morty episode. <laughs> the one is it the the, the the sixth one that introduces all the love potions as well, and it's like mm. stop introducing all these things that <laughs> we just know would lead to sex crimes. <laughs> like Polyjuice potion was bad enough. Jeez. <laughs> I genuinely think Six is the best. It's a good filler episode that focuses largely on character moments and character developments. Lots of little dramas and just a general feel of being an upperclassman in their way out was absolutely nailed. Um, and the liquid luck scene was probably the funniest part of the entire series and is genuinely a class act for Radcliffe. I mean, I agree with your comments on Order of the Phoenix, BMD. I think you have an uncommon love for give away with words uh, half-blood prince they go on to say 7.1 is a weird one I do enjoy how they split up the last book into two parts starting a trend that continues to this day but I feel like it it, it was a trend that very much died and is now back Mm, all of a sudden yeah that's true um but i feel like they sort of ran out of stuff for the characters to do in part one and sort of ruined the pacing it's very character driven like six i don't know if i agree i think those books are so bad that that we're given the first time to breathe since goblet of fire um 7.2 is all right it feels both extremely epic but also sort of too small for its own shoes as a first go round for the whole concept of two-part films it had some further missteps in terms of pacing i also thought the final battle with voldemort was really lacking it hit the right marks but also feels like its own thing overall i consider the films to be inferior to the books too much was left out and it doesn't help that those were some of my favorite parts great casting and honestly props to warners for pulling off a franchise that kept the uh, this group of characters 95 percent intact for more than a decade that's insane and incredibly ambitious kudos the latter four films directed by yates kind of leaves something to be desired that's a great way to put it um the tone works but i wish there's more variety it's like stale bread mm. the best yeah that's the best way to describe the yates harry potter movies is that they leave something to be desired even if they're good they leave something to mm. be desired I, i'd be interested if, if he had done the whole franchise and it was all looked like this that yeah i like did we need to fall in love with the wonder of chris columbus and then have that like really Mm. competent direction of quaron to like ease us Mm. into this sort of tone and yeah i'd be interested to see how the how the franchise as a whole would be received that it's like because i I think it would be more about like oh i mean the stories are great the movies are 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 pretty decent but you have to read the books whereas like Mm. i think david yates's films are a lot of the heavy lifting of them is done by the previous ones yeah i wonder if there's there's almost a frugal uh businessy kind of 
you know, like a budgetary reason maybe that you go, you're planning out these at the time would have been seven mm. movies and you go like, well, for the first two, we'll get someone who can make magic come alive. And then for the yeah. third one, we'll like hook people in with like a, it's somewhat a of an director. outsider, but someone who's mm. really competent and, I don't know, make the fourth one as well. And then by this point, <laughs> we can just hire TV directors to yeah, to, yeah. to do the rest of them because by that point we've hooked everyone <laughs> well it's 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 kind of almost what we saw with like um phase two of the mcu because hmm. i mean like I yeah so. we got the the russo brothers were, who were just tv directors at that point and like alan taylor doing thor the yeah Dark okay when when a franchise moves beyond four films you need to start hiring cheaper directors <laughs> yeah 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 <laughs> Uh, Fred's dead baby on the Discord, um, Fred or Fred's dead baby, which interestingly is relevant to this franchise. Um, Fred's dead baby. <laughs> yeah. Um, he, they, he says seven part one was always my favorite, but I've been told I'm wrong. I'm telling you, you're not wrong. A lot of people like seven part one. Uh, do you want to read the next one for us, Richard? All right. Scotty doesn't know says there's a lot to unpack so I'm just going to spit out random thoughts about the franchise. The movies, like most films, went downhill after John Williams stopped doing the score. I always hated that Hedwig's death wasn't a bigger deal in the films. They are brilliantly cast although despite my deep love for all things Gary old man, I still don't buy him as serious black. Weird, I know. I I I, I get where you're coming from. I would argue serious black in general is just an overrated character. Yeah. And it's probably it's probably a, a Remus is the real thing. money melon. <laughs> uh, I always feel like they should have explored what's in the lake more. Uh, Luna should have had her own spinoff, which is essentially the Great British Bake Off, but with magic. <laughs> All right, the original pitch. The Order of the Phoenix was the last book I read because fuck, it was long and boring, and everyone is just grumpy and sad in that book. So the movie was somewhat an improvement on the book. That's an interesting perspective. Mm. As I hadn't read the books for the last films, it was kind of nice watching them without any spoilers. I always found the choice to have an animated sequence explaining the Deathly Hallows to be kind of a weird creative choice, but I did like the animation style. Yeah, that, that a lot of people, it, it, it is like it stands out in the franchise, but it's just a cool sequence. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> also, I've always pronounced uh rolling rowling as row like row a boat thing rowling rolling. I'm not sure what the correct version is, but I'm just gonna keep using the wrong one until she learns to use the correct pronouns because you know, fuck her. Mm, very good. Yeah. Um Cheese tells us Dumbledore versus Voldemort fight in book five fucking rules. I think the kids' acting improves to a considerable degree. I like how the year at school format is broken because of Voldemort's return, but we end at Hogwarts. Mm, yeah. I fucking hate the <sighs> epilogue scene so much. Snape's always gets me every time. Those are two separate thoughts. He's not saying that he also hates the Snape's yeah. always. <laughs> I, I, I think that, yeah, I somewhat agree with Cheese. That it's like, I, I don't mind that the year at school thing is broken because we end at Hogwarts. Like, hmm. if we just, or if if we just visited Hogwarts briefly in the middle, you know, I wouldn't have liked that. But because it, it's still, Hogwarts is still very important. It's like a hmm. character in the films, really. Hmm. Yeah, uh, Vinnie Potter writes to us, I saw years one to four as a kid, but I feel like my fandom attachment to the franchise happened with the last half. I remember going to school and having kids talk about how excited they were to see the rest of the films after the Deathly Hallows book came out. I did my best to avoid spoilers, the years between book publication and movies coming out. I distinctly remember going to see, going to see Hallows Part 2. I skipped a day of summer school, which 
apparently is a, is a real thing to see it <laughs> and loved it but i also felt like a part of my childhood was saying goodbye i loved seeing the epilogue at the end without prior knowledge i was comfortable that being my final goodbye to the franchise ever since that moment the franchise had never felt special to me again also fuck jk rowling that's really interesting that like you Vinny having this like their own farewell to the mm. to the franchise and their love of it well and as well like like this is such a this is probably the most complex franchise we've ever covered in terms of like people's emotional connection mm. to it and i think Vinny's really tapping into that there where, where they say final goodbye ever since that moment that for the franchise has never felt special to me again like you don't get this with something like star wars not to the like internal core degree that that has happened with harry potter there are people who have like like you know become too angry at star wars but it's never for like me yeah exactly but it's never (laughs) for like such personal reasons as something like harry potter or they might think it is but it's not i can tell well well, but also but there's something that like like uh star wars mcu have well i mean kind of the mcu with endgame but like they haven't had these like satisfying conclusions where you can go mm. all right i'm i'm hopping off this this mm. point now i mean for me rise of skywalker was a moment where i can go all right i'm done with this franchise <laughs> but it wasn't because i was satisfied with yeah, it. yeah 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 uh, pre for michigan says i'm interested in your thoughts on the scene as far as i can remember it's the only bit of oh, the the um the dancing scene. Yeah, the dancing scene. As far as I can remember, it's the only bit in Harry Potter with modernish music and it's diegetic. Very cool moment between the characters and makes me wish for a slower and more drawn out post Hogwarts story slash conflict. Sure. Yeah, we, we, we've already skipped back an hour. <laughs> the, uh, also interested to hear you guys discussing Radcliffe being drunk and a functioning alcoholic for the last few movies. Yeah, it's really interesting. Like the the we sort of talked early on about the the harry potter actors the core trio at least being relatively controversy free enough that you know Mm. they're able to still all have careers and none of them be cancelled like the creator of the franchise but yeah that that he sort of hid this thing much like jimmy fallon does Mm. these days but the uh yeah it's interesting it from what i understand he sort of pulled his head in a little bit after realizing how uh, six every, sort of every time, other but, um uh, child actor goes down this path yeah but it is yeah and it's also interesting just like yeah the idea that would like growing up with with daniel radcliffe and then seeing him mm. as an alcoholic when it's like i saw you as a little boy mm. yeah yeah <laughs> finally i'm curious how aj feels that's you about Thank the you. lead male protagonists slash hero being a short man usually in movies slash shows if the lead is short they do everything they can to hide it or pretend he's tall i.e robert Downey jr iron man tom cruise and all his movies aside from top gun it does seem like it's starting to be accepted more though with tom holland not being portrayed as taller than zendaya relatively a small lol potatoes issue in regards to film representation in comparison to gender race sexuality representation but it's an interesting topic nonetheless look it'll be very fun to make some jokes here about how um you know you finally we're getting representation the battle is being won um but listen mentioning this in comparison to gender race and sexuality in this franchise like i'm mm-hmm. not yeah it's great <laughs> like i think the, to to be serious um not being being a short man doesn't it doesn't affect my life in the same way as like people with actual uh you know things and being gay or being being not white would affect someone right um but what what i will say is i think being short is is a subsection of just like the 
it's body qu- shaming. Yeah, body it's body shaming. So in that in terms of that, yeah, let's get more it's not short male leads, it's short male leads who are shorter than their female love interests, I guess, is is more the point. Mm. And I do I do like seeing Tom Holland and Zendaya together um because of that for that reason. Um but yeah, no, it's cool. I mean I don't it's never brought up in the films. It's not I don't I didn't actually notice until I read this comment, but maybe that's how it should mm. be. <laughs> thank you for thinking uh, of me <laughs> i like that, also- that that pre knows i'm short like that that's been established enough yeah, yeah. for what i wonder about it uh pre also says also rav close your friend is from flint michigan so he supports the lions and will forever be a rock star to me for that uh they give a a footnotes version of of their their comment and then just also say one more quick note on reread of the books dumbledore is clearly gay oh. <laughs> in the subtext of the deathly hallows books and it confuses me that everyone acts like his homosexuality is a retcon also damn it rolling fucking grow up and sit down and talk to some trans woman so you can educate yourself and empathize with others you clearly have the mental capacity to not be a bigot so get over your ego and preconceived biases and figure your shit out trans women are women people are people short men are short that it doesn't say that it doesn't say that part (laughs) yeah this is the thing about jk rowling is Mm. that like like she seems to be good in other ways (laughs) you know i mean it's the it's 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 the 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 point i think of progress is that it shouldn't stop Mm. And J.K. Rowling has decided where she draws the line. And unfortunately, that line for her, she's drawn it a little further back from where yeah. most people have. Well, maybe not most people, but most good people. Yeah, well, because the thing is that, like, her initial tweet that was like, people who menstruate, oh, I think there's a word for that. That that could have been one of those things that people just comment like, hey, this comes across transphobic, just so you know. That's mm. why they're using this language. And she'd go, oh, yeah, fuck, you're right. But mm. then she went, no, well, it's because of the, you know, and it's just the, the constant doubling down. And like, I, I think, I mean, she's she's made her, her stance very clear and, and it seems like there's no coming back from it. But, you know, if, if, if it had been that first tweet and then gotten more educated and stuff like that, that there's, the, I mean, you know, I, I'm, I'm for educating people, you know, like mm. that pe- people should be able to learn, you know? Yeah. No, um, ab- absolutely. But, I think, but she's she's made she's just keeps digging her heels in, and well, she wrote yeah. a f- that fucking article about, and that's like the point of no return, I guess. Like, yeah, yeah. you've already done damage to like literally the most vulnerable group of people in the modern world. Yeah, next to short men. Next to short men. Um, yeah, Wait, they look tall in comparison. <laughs> I think <laughs> I think the, the the Dumbledore is clearly gay subtext. I think that's a really interesting point, and I think that reading it knowing he's supposed to be gay it is clear as well i always thought it was clear but i would say the well, that's problem the thing with the, the the relationship with grindelwald which mm. i don't know how much we hear in the book but it seems pretty gay yeah and it's i think the problem is less that it's that people say it's not there it's more that like in the the fantastic beast movies you have the opportunity to show it in a sort of an unbridled full-fledged way and even then mm. chickens out well for, from what i understand that it's referenced in secrets of dumbledore the, the that's presumably the secret, the secret. <laughs> yeah yeah but that because people were pissed off about the him not wanting to admit his love of grindelwald in crimes of grindelwald and it's like what well, he doesn't want to admit he loves him because he's 
wizard Hitler, not because <laughs> not because they can't like. Uh, uh, yeah, I, I thought that was kind of a. I mean, we'll get to this more next week. Let's but get like, to yeah, it more I mean, next week. Yeah. Dan from Hawaii. Finally, we've got Dan from Hawaii who says, I don't have haikus for five to eight, as I don't, and I don't have any plans to rewatch them since seeing them all opening weekend. Did rewatch Order of the Phoenix way back when I got the DVD as a gift, and it confirmed my disinterest in the direction the film series was going. I can't stand the dark and dreary and drab color grading chosen by Yates for his back half of the series, and I also hate that the wands become guns. My dis- I want to talk about that as well, because mm-hmm. what, like, what do you think about that? Because I didn't notice it. I think they're just doing a stupefy charm aren't they yeah yeah it's interesting that like it's almost like you like you have your wand set to something and then it's like yeah like it actually is like that because they're blast occasionally they'll do a spell and it's like i wonder if they're changing because there's there's clearly some kind of blast but i don't know it makes it rather than having everyone running around going Flipendo, flipendo, flipendo. Fans of the uh, PS1 game will know what I'm talking about. But that rather than having all the fight scenes just be that, I like, I kind of, it speeds things up. It makes it more action packed. Yeah. I don't have an issue with it, but I can see why why Dan would. Dan continues, My distaste also extends to JK's writing. As the series goes on, it becomes very clear that she gets more and more power over the editor in terms of what stays in and what's pushed back upon. An absolutely overstuffed and undercooked back half of the series, in my opinion, that isn't bad, it's just long. I would also like to share one of my favorite theater experiences, seeing Deathly Hallows Part 1 in a packed audience opening weekend. This was at the height of Call of Duty's popularity, and when Dobby died, the audience was dead dead quiet, and then a bro said, dude, Dobby got knifed just loud enough for the audience to hear. Best part of the movie. Yeah, <laughs> yeah well, most some fans devastating. think it's the, the most devastating. Yeah. Yeah. Um, meeting adjourned. Meeting adjourned. So we talk about titles a lot on this podcast. Mm. You may have noticed over the last what six years. Mm-hmm. So we've got a we've got a new segment called "We Talk About Titles <laughs> a Lot" on this podcast. <laughs> Our oldest segment. No, that's not true. But one of the oldest. Yeah, so ones. the there is a couple of like alternate titles. This isn't specific to the last four films. This is these segments now encapsulate the entire franchise. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so the first book called harry potter and the philosopher's stone in the uk was almost in the U- in the u.s called harry potter and the school of magic oh boy <laughs> <laughs> and uh yeah rolling dismissed that the uh harry potter and the uh goblet of fire was also uh, a couple of names tossed around by rolling for that were harry potter and the death eaters or harry potter and the three champions or harry potter and the uh fire goblet Mm. i don't think you i was thinking about this because i was thinking an alternate title for deathly hallows part one could have been like harry potter and the third horcrux but i think it's it confuses people to put a numerical value in Mm, a title when it's not that number in the series like look at something like the two Mm. towers we know that's or the two jakes the sequel to chinatown yeah yeah the, uh but the, yeah do you have any because i mean oh yeah i don't like the title half-blood prince mm. but do you have any alternate titles for any of these or any, yep. any issues so with any of the titles you you had an issue with order of the phoenix um because 
you didn't think it was about that. I think I probably wouldn't change Order of the Phoenix because I think it's yeah, it's, it's, it's sure whatever. Yeah. It, it still it still represents like an important aspect of the series. But if you were going to change it, um, and like if these were still like children's books by this point, I think Harry Potter and the Room of Requirement is very cute mm, yeah, um yeah. that would be maybe what you'd call the second book in the series or even the first book mm. in the series um i would have called half-blood prince something like harry potter and the death eaters task or something like that because yeah harry potter and snape calls dumbledore and because it's about like malfoy being tasked to kill dumbledore and so you pro- place the, the titular emphasis on that mission that is that mm. has been given by the Death Eaters. Deathly Hallows Part One should have been called Harry Potter on the Run. Harry Potter on the Run, and then the second, the Part Two should have been Harry Potter Back to School. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. Um, no, oh, no I, look, we guess. look, Deathly Hallows should be called Harry Potter and the Elder Wand. The book should be called Harry Potter and the mm. Elder Wand. Like the 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 fact that. You've Harry Potter got... and the Resurrection Stone. <laughs> you've... Two of the books are named <laughs> oh, after <God>. stones. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, and take out the Deathly Hallows. It's so confusing yeah. to like overstuff it. Like, we're searching for Horcruxes. They have two things you have to collect. Yeah, yeah, it's it's confusing and weird. And like, I don't know. Since finding out the reason he comes back is because he's the master of death is kind of cool, but. I didn't realize that's, that's that before that I came it. up yeah. with this yeah. idea. Um, Harry Potter and the Master of Death. I think it's too. I like. I kind of like. It's 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 too obviously trying to be the final one, Harry Potter and the mm. Master of Death. I think. And it's also kind of a spoiler. Yeah, true. Harry Potter and the Elder Wand is what it should be called. I think that's a cool title. I think. Although, do you yeah. know what? Deathly Hallows is a cool title, but it's just mm. it's named for something so. I re- I remember hearing on the radio that that's what it was going to be called. Yeah. And being kind of disappointed because I didn't know what that meant. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. No. Totally. Yeah 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 continue the franchise so <laughs> this is a segment where we pitch our continuations of the franchise mm. and uh yeah and also discuss what other continuations there already are so there's uh not long after the second movie came the eighth movie sorry came out part two that there was pottermore was mm. was released which is this website which you would go on you make an account and you would like join a house and they would have like house cups and all this stuff but they yeah uh since 2019 pottermore was shut down and it's now wizarding wizardingworld.com it's ostensibly the same thing but it's no longer pottermore but this is where a lot of the sort of added canon came from and and jk rowling's tweets and stuff about wizards pissing and shitting (laughs) it's literally and and, that's the thing it's literally wizards and pissing and shitting on the floor like that's not even like an exaggerated joke of the kind of stuff she had (laughs) yeah but the yeah so there's there's that there's there's a lot of like little tidbits of information that about the history of, of mm. everything but yeah so there's we're getting hogwarts legacy a game there's a bunch of video games already based on and based on all the movies but hogwarts legacy is one of the big sort of like you're exploring the mm. expanded world it's set way in the past speaking of things set in the past you have the fantastic beasts series which we're going to be covering next week um there's currently three set to be five but we'll get to that more next week um the cursed child but as i'm getting to that i thought you were forgetting because you said in the i don't know i'm sorry are you done are you quite finished oh my god he's disconnected from the zoom call everybody (laughs) 
Um, so the in addition to that as well, uh, Warner Brothers is reviewing currently reviewing pitches for a TV series set in the Wizarding World for HBO Max. Oh, yeah. So that I I presume they'll probably want that as one of their big sort of flagship shows when as Amazon moves ahead with like um lord of the rings but yeah there is as you uh rudely mentioned <laughs> harry potter and the cursed child which is uh, was a play that's a, you can buy the 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 script for the play as a book and it's like the touters the eighth harry potter adventure the play when it uh, went on broadway and the west end was originally done as two plays like you had to buy confusing. tickets for two separate nights what a confusing concept that is post covid it's now one play right so the and and by the sounds of it they didn't really cut anything major out it just moves quicker yeah like, right it's not like they removed a subplot <laughs> they just they just say things in less lines mm. a lot of people consider it a bad fan fiction i believe it's story by jk rowling but she didn't write the script i've i've heard nothing but bad things about it yes uh, uh, apparently the play is actually good reading right. it is bad and uh, it's it's I mean, that, that, that's what a lot of things like cats is the classic example it's like one of the most popular right. broadway plays of all time but it's it's garbage <laughs> but because when and when you go see a play the theatricality of it all you have mm. you know that that's where you go to a play for but yeah the in 2021 chris columbus who had who directed the first two films of the franchise has said he would love to direct a cursed child adaptation with the original actors returning once they've aged into the roles interesting what do you reckon uh, it would be an interesting experiment i don't know that it'll i don't think it'll ever happen really i, don't, I, don't I don't think it will absolutely back. happen you reckon i reckon a cursed child movie is a matter of time well well but i, I mean like if it comes out in 2030 when it's actually been hmm. 19 years since the last film hmm. it's cool yeah i mean i i would i would go see it i think it'd be interesting but yeah what's your continued franchise uh, I want to see a, um, this is my pitch for the HBO set TV series. Mm-hmm. It's called Night Bus. <laughs> and <laughs> yeah, it's just, yeah. uh, it's just let's let's go back to the Night Bus. Now, I guess like this, this puts me in a difficult position because um, I think three times on the life of Cole Popcher, we've pitched the same idea across three different projects for a Harry Potter continuation that's basically like a remix of Fantastic Beasts and so I don't know if I want to want to do this again now but for those who haven't seen our ready to record episode or haven't listened to the Fantastic Beasts well we can fixing w- why this more be your pitch for Fantastic Beasts yeah well but would that be maybe <laughs> not well yeah okay let's save it then Night bus. That's my <laughs> night <franchise>. bus. <laughs> so, I, I was thinking, I was thinking about it because it's like I want to take the I want to do right by the franchise with continue the franchise because it could be like I want I just want J.K. Rowling to renounce her views you know, <laughs> as my continuation. But it's like, okay, what actual stories am I interested in seeing in mm-hmm. this? in this world you and know? that's why you so, also come up with night bus <laughs> night bus <laughs> so um i just think fantastic beast should be more like indiana jones <laughs> oh, <fuck you. laughs> um no the the so uh several years ago there was a trailer released 
for a TV series called The Aurors. Mm. And it was like this police procedural. And, you know, they're like, it starts off just, you know, your typical sort of like, this is the person we're looking for. They slam the picture down and then it like just starts to move before it cuts away. And they're like, what? And then, you know, they're running up across the rooftops kind of thing. And then they both pull out wands and it's like, oh oh God. And then it's The Aurors. They're going to come out of the screen. And... It was, and I was like, "Fuck yeah, that looks that looks cool." And then I looked up the development of it uh, a, a year or so later, and found out that it was actually posted as an April Fool's joke mm. uh, the year before. Mm. And I, but I, I always think of, like it'd just be cool. Like that's a cool way to continue the franchise. Is mm. you know just just a, a, another avenue for us to keep exploring mm. the the rules of this world and stuff like that. And, and it's been like you know if, you, if you're hunting down, you're in the Muggle world. But you're and you're someone else to hunt, you know, bad wizards down on mm. the on the sly, yeah. you know. And but then I was thinking about okay, well, yeah, what what other stories am I would I actually genuinely be interested in? And honestly, it's only really like more Lupin and as <laughs> David Thewlis and come like Lupin's just the best character, man. He's so good and devastated when he died. Yeah, that, that, he's he's the only he's the sort of the one that I would genuinely want to see more of and mm. play by david thulis all right here's a here's a pitch for continuing the mm-hmm. franchise jk rowling seems to be willing to let go of some um ownership i guess of this franchise at this point you know you've got other people making the game you've got other people um <laughs> i think it's kind of taken from it <laughs> <laughs> yep so I would like to get J.K. Rowling's permission to write a sequel series, like a novel series to Harry Potter, um, and it's it's a it's a modern day Hogwarts set, seven books in the series, um, and let's say, give me a name, make up a name, Scorpius. No, give me just a normal name, Atticus. <laughs> All right, it's called. Um, looking for items around my room that could be logan okay it's called it's called uh logan logan oakwood mm-hmm. and the bloody bloody blah right so it's logan oakwood and the bloody bloody blah there's say the first three come out and like the wizarding world is back kids and motherfuckers it is back it's we're you know we're we're building upon we're expanding upon the wizarding world and all the ways that people have like and you know like the hole that every harry potter piece of media has been trying to fill since the deathly hallows is being filled right and then book four logan oakwood starts thinking about things and starts learning about who they because how old are they now? They're about fifteen now, and 14, starts yeah. and starts feeling a little bit like they don't belong. And it's not a Slytherin Gryffindor situation. It's actually because um, they see that they they see like their female friends go into the the female lavatories where they because they don't have to piss and shit on the floor anymore. <laughs> right? um, and and he thinks, oh, I should pretend to be a girl to get in there and do <laughs> no, harm. No, no, no. <laughs> so basically, my plan is to lure J.K. Rowling into giving my giving her blessing to a sequel series written mm. by someone else, and then halfway through, the character discovers that they are actually uh, a trans woman, and transitions to the point that the final book in the series is called like lily oakwood and the bloody bloody blah right so you trick her 
you trick her yeah, by yeah. by coaxing her in with money and fame and but but with you having creative control and then by the end you have undone the what well, you know in the perfect world you've undone some of the damage she herself has you've, caused. you've solved transphobia not i haven't solved transphobia <laughs> but i've made a a accessible I've made accessible literature which explains and delicately deals with these issues in a tolerant and uplifting mm. way. Um, and of course, by this point, I'm not writing the series. I've I've gotten several trans authors to. Turns out, I'm actually I've been ghostwritten by several trans authors who whose names will mm. by the end of the series be atop the the book cover right and mm. i slink away into the background doing my work as an ally <laughs> <laughs> i go down in history as the bravest man they ever knew <laughs> <laughs> that like at the end the lily's child is named after you yeah named aj the word of god <laughs> yeah the a stands for ally <laughs> that's the thing and the j stands for Jesus. Jesus. Ally Jesus and the Philosopher's <laughs> Stone. <laughs> yeah. The yeah, that's 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 some good thinking there, Thank AJ. You. But Thank you. <laughs> Ally Jesus. <laughs> Ignore that part. <laughs> <laughs> um so it's now time to rank that franchise. Also I will say on continue the franchise that like there's the way people online talk is that it's it seems almost a given that in 10 20 years there's going to be another adaptation of these movies mm. or the, these books that'll be an HBO series or something a TV series where your uh, you know e- each season is a year mm. Yeah. but which is like it's it's a cool idea it'd be, it'd be cool to see but do you know um, another continue yeah. the franchise though actually that would be cool to watch for maybe film franchise follow-ups would be that reunion special they just did yeah yeah maybe we could do that next month or this month because we still owe them <laughs> this month yeah well we um i haven't seen Lightyear yet we could do that true yep let's do it fuck fuck the harry potter reunion <laughs> doing doing admin on pod all right so the this is our 100 with ranked at franchise now so we've got a ranked list on our letterbox letterbox.com slash cult pop slash list slash fff ranking hyphen hyphen ranking uh, and if you're logged in as us hmm. slash edit uh, you, uh, <laughs> don't no so don't go is, there <laughs> anyone can have access to that <laughs> So we're we're adding Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone to the list. Oh, this is 155th entry. I'm just gonna mm. assume this is going higher than you know. Yeah. So 100. one thing to consider is it's in a similar way that we've let the Hobbit influence our ranking of. Actually, you know how we should do this. We should yeah. rank the Harry Potter series as if Fantastic Beasts hasn't come out yet, and then at the yeah. end of the Fantastic Beasts episode, we should re-rank Harry Potter in light of fantastic beasts sure all right so where does harry potter go or do we have the hobbit ranked now are they separate why do people i make think we change? changed it but didn't we yeah, cha- we change it back no we changed well, well, it no, back cause... the hobbit's there now <laughs> i don't know we can never please anyone well so. the hobbit's at 92 let's just rank harry potter and we'll do- talk about this on the fantastic beast episode okay where does harry potter go i think harry potter should probably go um at number 10 i reckon 
Sweet, that's already where I put it. Save before. Um, so in front of Indiana Jones, which has probably more blemishes, and behind Scream, which is perfect. <laughs> no <laughs> notes. Uh, does is this a gold star franchise? Um, what do you think? I actually kind of think it is. Well, because critically, critically, it's there's there's you know not a lot of difference between um, mm. entries, and also. Uh, it's it's bolstered by the fact that the weaker entries aren't the last one. Like the last one's the highest score. Yeah, which well, means I, I it think gets that, better, which is not exactly gold star, but it's like everyone has their favorite and least favorite of these films. But there's no one like a lot of other ones. It's like, well, what's your least favorite MCU movie? It's like, well, okay, let's not count Thor: The Dark World. Mm. You know, there's no one like that in Harry Potter. Mm. A gold star franchise, for those who don't know is our definition of a franchise in which there is no obvious weak link. So yeah, a, it's universally it's, agreed upon worst one. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's more a comment on consistency as it is. It's more that it's more about consistency than it is like, uh, if it's the best franchise in the world. Yeah. And also I think as well that it can have a universally agreed upon best one, but not a worst one. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I I, I, make, I think this is a gold star. Star franchise. it, gold star. Our long, probably our longest gold star franchise. Mm. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I, I mean it's 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 a, it's honestly it's an incredible achievement, and I can't like, wait to rip that gold star away when we cover Fantastic Beasts next well, week. If we if we do that, <laughs> yeah. So we are covering Fantastic Beasts in one week's time, but that sort of we're sort of raising a bit of an issue mm. we're coming up to aren't we what is that well usually around i mean we usually do it earlier than this but we're, we're approaching a time of year which represents our anniversary where we for the last couple of years have done something we call a redux where we go back to the early days of the podcast and redo a franchise from days gone by um and the way we've done this in the past is we've let people suggest and vote on what franchise that should be. We were talking this year about maybe switching it to the roulette model that we usually do and doing it so that it's like we do a roulette of all the franchises from the first two years of the podcast and let the fate decide. But we want to take in listeners' opinions yeah on this so if you're especially if you're a patron um let us know if you think this is a good idea maybe there's maybe it'll be like we have 10 slots and patrons vote for the 10 franchises that go in those mm, slots and yeah. then we randomly generate maybe it's something like that maybe it could be any franchise from from any point they do get they do harry potter again um <laughs> <laughs> like yeah so like maybe that's what it should be is that it's that it's a slightly different way of of reduxing a franchise yeah yeah, because last year we did like um last year, uh, last year like, I had thirty seven. Like, <laughs> last year we did like a bracket, and you chose and the winner of each, and uh, like a tournament. It's too late to but do yeah, that. <laughs> it, yeah, well, yeah, it's too late to do that. So essentially, let us know in the Discord or the comments or wherever you or email us, media at gmail dot com. Uh, you know, follow us on Twitter, send us a tweet, however you want to get in contact with us, and let us know what you if you have any ideas or yeah what what you want to do for the for the redux this year but it will be after fantastic beasts if we need to put some kind of poll up or anything like that uh we'll want to do it pretty soon after this episode comes out so it has enough time to run before we record Mm -hmm. fantastic beasts so yeah i mean I, i like the idea of um yeah the the 
patrons vote for the top 10 slots and then we'll do a mm. roulette between them or we do a roulette for any franchise we've ever covered mm. like do it from our ranked list one between one and 155 <laughs> that's a cool idea <laughs> and that because that oh my god richard that retroactively puts so much more importance on how we've ranked them that we've yeah, never yeah. considered before what a brilliant yeah. idea that is richard that's what, i want to do it that way <laughs> <laughs> all right well uh yeah we'll let everyone know and then like if we want to cheat as well we'll have to be like uh, we'll have to just change the ranking so if people go to local be like, oh, no, 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 no. yes brilliant yeah. they're like um i don't you remember you guys like putting toy story at 57 <laughs> no 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 it was always there that's great oh that's such a good idea awesome all right so yeah let us know let us know uh any thoughts you have or if you have any other ways you want us to mm. do it but as always you can fucking follow us on instagram you can follow us on twitter you can follow us home at just Cole don't Pop call Show. me late for dinner <laughs> uh yeah and you can also as you said before join join the discord uh and lastly if you want to donate some money head on over to patreon.com slash cult where you can um jump in there and you can suggest and vote all and vote on all sorts of things make us watch the worst movies you've ever seen you can do that <laughs> that's mm. happened before um yeah, yeah and, and another thing that you get from that is our post credit scene which is coming up right after this music ends look we've covered the eight harry potter films but the magical journey is not over happy pride month we're still doing jk rowling's wizarding world coming up mm. with next week well with- it won't be it won't be pride month next week so oh good so we don't have to, you know, feel much guilty like about many it. brands. We can <laughs> leave the LGBTs mm. in June where they belong. <laughs> yeah, unlike unlike other brands, um, we actually are going to continue sp- sporting our uh, rainbow variety version of our logo, which you can actually now buy on a T-shirt. <laughs> like, yeah, th- those other brands are exploitative, but you can <laughs> yeah, yeah, buy any yeah. time of year. These have been jokes, by the way. These have been jokes, and these have been the harry potter movies and this has been aj and that's been richard um stay tuned for the post credit scene and we'll see you next week mm-hmm. welcome along to the post credit scene uh-huh. this is a segment at the end of each episode everybody where if you donate five dollars or more over at patreon.com slash you get to give us something to talk about in this the post credit scene richard Bum, bum, bum. who is it from and what is it this comes to us from being close who writes is there a video game you would love to see adapted in some form in film for ben it's outer wilds mm. i haven't played outer wilds but i've um i reckon my days of having not played outer wilds are numbered <laughs> i reckon it's gonna come up on, it's gonna sneak up on me mm. do you have any video well, maybe games it'll be part of ps plus yeah uh i don't know i mean I was going to say Uncharted, but that already has happened. It's, the, so, it's so forgettable, though. That you... Yeah, I, I, I do. I am interested in seeing Tom Holland's Jack and Dexter. <laughs> yeah, the way he described it sounds insane. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, um, yeah, I don't know. Like, I've, I've, like, again, Uncharted probably would have been the one I would have. Mm, when but, Last of Us is getting a TV series. Yeah, exactly. Um, I've typed in video games into Google. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, I've always been interested in like, um, like a poke. I mean, I guess there's fucking detective. Pikachu. Yeah, it's like it's a lot of the the obvious ones have been. Oh, Half Life. Like, there you go. Oh yeah, sure. Portal. Portal. Grand Theft Auto. 
Mm. Well, like I Tony Hawk's Pro like, Skater. <laughs> if if there was more good ones, I yeah. think because because the assumption if it's like oh adapt my favorite game, the assumption is it's going to be bad. Yeah, and so it's like <laughs> I yeah I think if we were treated to a lot more good video game movies, mm. this would probably be a lot more fun question. Like, I mean, you know, if if Sonic the Hedgehog was the best movie I'd ever seen, I'd be like, fuck you, give me Crash Bandicoot next. But it's like, it's fine. I could probably imagine how Crash Bandicoot would turn out, you know? Like, There's that, that um, prototype, that leak of the, the Crash Bandicoot series, animated yeah. series that's given me an idea of what that kind of thing would look like, which is... Mm. What about Oddworld? I don't think it... it I think it, Oddworld's medium is video games. Um, I mean, sorry, every video game movie ever made. You know? um, <laughs> yeah. Like, I th- I seem to vaguely recall they said they were going to switch to film back in, like, the mid-2000s, and then the company went under for, like, 10 years. But mm, I yeah, they promised a lot of shit. They, they promised so much shit. It is brutal being an Oddworld fan. It reminds me, it's like people who are f- fans of, like, sports teams that haven't won since the 1960s you know and mm. it's like oh it's hard work being a fucking saints fan you know and it's it's mm. like it's like that it's like it's hard work being an odd world fan where yeah. the games were at their best 20 years ago and will probably never be that good again and all the best ideas remain on the wikipedia page for uh unmade mm. projects and will never move yeah. beyond there um saints row <laughs> you just oh, gave me an answer there, there. You go. yeah fifa saints, saints Ro- fifa is my answer <laughs> saints row feels like a matter of time as well do you think we'll get a saints like, row movie before a grand theft auto movie well i mean grand theft auto is just you know what saints row has a gimmick you know hmm. yeah especially if you're adapting like the fourth one where it's like the world is invaded by aliens and you're the president and then you get superpowers. Okay, I'm finding out how truly unfamiliar I am with the Saints Row series right now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it started off as just like edgy GTA, and then by the fourth one, it's like, right. like by the fourth one, like the first upgrade you get pretty much allows you to run faster than any car. So it's like, <laughs> it's it's never advantageous to drive anywhere. Right. Okay. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.